and welcome to Movies on the Rocks. Once again, you have the Motor Boys in the house. Oh man, you didn't even wait for that one. Motor Boys. Motor Boys. Motor Boys. Motor Boys. As always, you have me, Bebo. You have my brother, Goody. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. And you have, of course, as always, bringing up the rear, Derek. I don't know how I feel about being up the <laughs> rear. <laughs> I was like, oh, where do we go from there? But hello, everyone. I'm bringing it up the rear. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not what he said. What? Oh, that's no. not what I said. <laughs> this whole show, just what the shit is, the Movies on the Rocks podcast with us, the Motor Boys, me, Goody, Derek, um, where every couple weeks we sit down, watch a movie, drinky drink, um, and just kind of discuss what we've seen in news for the last couple weeks um, and what uh, what we're talking about as far as the movie's concerned, have an idea, and we do all these movies in alphabetical order. Last movie we were we did was Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the classic '80s movie. This episode we're going to be discussing the classic '90s sci-fi known as Galaxy Quest, um, and uh, we'll do that in a little while. But just wanted to give everybody just kind of a speed up. Uh, but first off, uh, we're going to go to uh, Rafael Burio Esquire, who gives the disclaimer. Goody, go take it away. All right, everyone. Uh, as you know, the, the name of this podcast is Movie on the Rocks. And so what that means is that there is going to be some imbibing, some drinking of uh, all kinds of libations. Thanks for that sound effect there. Here, oh, a little bit of mine. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't hear anything. Okay, it's fine. I heard it. I heard oh, it. Good, good, good. I heard it. As long anyway, as it's legal where you're at, feel free. But, to yeah, and that's the us. point. Uh, please make sure if you're going to be joining with, join, by all means, join with us in this uh, moment of drinking as long as you are observing all of the laws and rules of whatever region you're from, make sure you please, 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 you are of drinking age. If you decided to do that and join us uh, in this moment, long moments of fun. That it's and That's all brought to you by the law offices of Burial, Burial, and Bedez. Uh, What? No, um, <laughs> Triple B's. Mm, do I need to buy another <laughs> domain? Is that what's going on right now? <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Anyways, um, but yeah, as always, drink responsibly. Uh, for in case in in the matter of drinking, uh, Goody, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight, actually, I'm gonna be I'm drinking. Uh, it's called Legend, L E G E N T. Uh, it is a blend of uh, American bourbon with Japanese whiskey. So Ooh. there we are. And I like it a I lot. Think that that just perked up Derek's ears. Right yeah, there. I'm totally paying good. attention now. <laughs> a distillery in Japan partnered with an American bourbon distillery and it kind of came together and made this nice little blend here. It's really good, actually. It's really tasty. Try it you out. You may want to try that one, Derek. I I, I was going to ask, where'd you get it? Um, pretty sure I got it in, um, actually, no, I don't know where I got it from because it was a, it was a birthday gift. So I don't know where they got it from. Probably total wine. wine. Yeah, probably total wine. Yeah. But I don't know, really. Mm. I don't know. All I know is that thank you very much for this lovely, lovely birthday gift. Yeah, I think it, it, it would be in total wine, I would assume. I, th- I would assume. But you know what they say about assuming. Oh, yeah. You turn out to be right? Is that is that what people say? Possibly. When you're informed in your opinions and views? And you assume. Yeah, well, perfect. Yeah. All right. Come on. What are you yeah. drinking? <laughs> I am drinking not cracking. Tell you that right now, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Did you finally slay the beast? Oh, I slayed the beast in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I made oh, sure Ferris helped me out. This That's is so right. perfect right now. All right, so <laughs> not cracking. What is so it? So it's not cracking. Tonight I am drinking Havana Club Añejo Reserva. 
the black bottle straight out of Cuba with a little bit of Coke Zero on some ice in a uh, Miami Heat cup. So we're all good to go in the hood. Mm-mm. And Derek, what are we drinking today? Which uh, are we doing? Zima it sounds so tasty. Uh, like no, a wine not cooler. Zima. Like, yeah, another wine cooler. Another wine. You have cooler? another wine cooler. You have another one. Yeah. You're ridiculous. Oh, man. No. <laughs> you can have some slightly uh, stronger. Okay. A cider. So Ooh, uh, I've got uh, I got some Strongbow uh, to start oh, me off here. Those are good. Uh, those are good pretty, pretty popular, pretty good, pretty good cider out there. Probably not the best one out there, but it's good. Um, and then I'm going to chase good. it with uh, Austin East Cider's Watermelon Cider. I found it in our local grocery store, and I thought I'd oh, give nice, it a shot. Man. You know, you know, I, I think because of because of the way you know your your tastes are expanding on this podcast, um, a good a good drink might be for you because I, I don't know what you, you're talking you, about. You, like, you realize like, like Smirnoff has like thirty flavors, right? I know that, but I mean, if you keep going down Smirnoff, you're going to go down a very very dark road, very dark. You mean wine like coolers candy. don't count? <laughs> it's a girl drink. <laughs> Snozzberries taste like snozzberries. That, right. that was that's a kids, kids, in kids in the Hall reference. Kids in the Hall reference. Total Kids in the Hall reference, bro. But um, no, no. There's a there's a there's a beer that you might like. It's um, it's that Samuel Smith's organic chocolate stout. You might like that, dude. I mean, it doesn't even taste like stout. It tastes like like Hershey's. It's amazing. It's so fucking delicious. You know, it's very nice. I I normally have just this deep unseated disdain for stouts but i would try it they sell it by a bottle i could i could see something that dark and thick becoming a chocolate flavor and i might like it and it's actually actually stouts are good with like chocolate cake yeah just so you know they actually are Mm. good pairing with stouts is like dark chocolates are really good pair with stouts they have a lot of chocolate stouts they have coffee stouts if you like coffee stouts they're pretty good if you like coffee i mean i don't know if you drink coffee like espresso coffee stouts kind of shit dude yeah Yeah, they they have all that kind of stuff man one thing though another suggestion for you derek uh you ever had a snake bite um is that at all the the little cheap shots that you get in dallas he lives in dallas so possibly yeah it's snake bites are that when when um a bar asks for snake bite if they do it, it's a blend they get uh, a lager and a cider and you just kind of pour them together in one glass. It's like a, like a blend of the two. Um, I mean, at least when I make them, they're really good. Um, and that was actually introduced to me years ago by this uh, this British friend of mine. And he, um, they're great. And the thing about why they're called snake bites is because for a lot of people that don't necessarily drink beer, um, but they're so smooth and they can be so smooth and refreshing because of the cider that uh, they'll sneak up on you. If you, you you'll drink a bunch of them and then you won't even then you get drunk, you won't even notice notice while it's happening. This sounds like a, a train I can get onto. Yeah, yes, it's pretty good. Yes. It's pretty good. It's really good. Right, they're, that and they're train, very refreshing. Buddy. Like when you're doing, let's say you have to go to Epcot Center and you're doing that walk in the World Showcase, and you go to um, the the little London pub there. Uh, walk up to the walk into the bar, another one on the outside, but the inside, and ask for a snake bite, and uh, they'll make one for you right there. A nice big cup, and in that Florida heat, it goes down so so smooth and so easy and so nice. You'll have another one, and then. Uh, there we go. Just keep going, baby. You just keep going. I'm writing it down now. I'm down. Cool. <laughs> it's a snake bite. And different. What's it's cool about it is bite. that you can just say snake bite, and if the bars make them, different bars will make different ones, like different versions of them, because you know it's kind of a, a kind of a local thing they do. Yeah, yeah. They'll probably use a local lager with uh, with uh, with maybe a local cider or a cider that they usually have on tap or something like that. You know what, what I, mean? I like? Like a, like an angry orchard or something like that. Yeah. 
Sounds good to me. Cool. All right, cool, cool. So to the news desk. Two, all right, as we're saying that, yes, I think Goody, I can hear the typer, typewriters typing as uh, we go. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh, as God. we go to the news desk with Rafael Burial. That's you, Goody. No, I was just waiting. I didn't know if we supposed to pause for a minute. No, right. Jesus Christ. Jesus. All right. Anyways, we'll do this again. I'm going to keep it, but fuck it. We'll go to the news desk. News of the day. News of the day. News of the day. Always with this. (laughs) All right. We have have sound effects, and yet we do it anyway. It's fun, and I love doing it because it's hilarious. It's hilarious, Lottie. Go ahead. Don't take my joy from me. (laughs) <laughs> he has this, one job. This is Eric. what you have going. One job. Like, this is the one thing that you've got. Is this right now? Right now, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. We have children. We have children. Don't take it away. When, when um, it, whatever. Anyway, moving on with Go my ahead. life. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Uh, first bit of news. I mean, nothing too crazy or awesome, but uh, what I like and what I'm very happy about and was um the reboot that has premiered on Netflix of Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know if you guys have been watching that at all or looked into that at all or do you even remember the, the old show for Unsolved Mysteries? Yeah, it's it's what's well, on. It's going. Oh no, that's not my that's not my speed, man. Those unsolved crimes and all that. No. My wife will Derek, watch every minute of it. Derek's the kid Does it that scare probably, you? Derek's the kid in the you see in the movies that sees something scary and pees his pants. You know, that's oh, well. Close, but I'm I am the one that will cover my eyes and plug my ears. I am that guy. You have that many hands? That's kind of strange, bro. Well, you have eyelids, dude. Bevel eyelids. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh god, wow. I forgot that. That's why it gets dark every few minutes. <laughs> I can't see. But, but really fast. I can't see. Anyway. Jeez. Um, okay, so they brought it back. I saw that. They got a yeah, bunch they of stuff it back. coming out on Netflix uh, lately. It's a little bit more uh, episodic than I'm used to, but it was, that was kind of cool. But not much to say there. But yeah, definitely, it's um, it's got a nicer production value. I feel like um, at least a little bit I've seen of it. But um, definitely, I, I, what I like is uh, at least for me anyway, kind of a bit of a creep factor. That was always with this unsolved. I, I don't know. I mean, unsolved mysteries was on when I was really young, uh, yeah. and pre you, I'm assuming Derek. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, I figure it was something that creeped me out when I was little. Um, especially, you know, what that always gets you is the, the theme song in the beginning, man, was always so eerie. It was like what perfect. What was that theme song? What was that theme song? I, I'll, you look it up or something and then you can play it and then we get like, you know, get screwed over because it's some sort of copyrighted song or something or whatever. Anyway. Um, but it's, it's definitely, it's on there. Uh, another one, I don't know if you guys have been checking this out or seeing these at all, but, uh, the leaked videos of the Nintendo theme park. Have you guys been looking at that at all? What? No. When did they? Oh, I saw, I saw, I saw something on Flipboard today about it. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, because see, in Universal, uh, Universal Studios Japan, they're having this huge, this whole Nintendo theme park there was being built there. Um, and it was supposed to be actually already finished, uh, later this month, this month being July and late July to be opened up, you know, after that. But of course, with, uh, the current situation and all that, um, with COVID and all that, all that's been kind of delayed and all that. But, yeah, it's uh from what people were saying, it's basically like you're inside of a Super Mario game, you know, in real life. Um and it's really really high production value. Universal Studios Japan has really gone like 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 all out 
I guess they, they, someone call it, they've gone ham. I don't know what the word is, how you use it. Uh, on no, making no, you got it right. Kind of they went ham. Awesome. I'm looking at the video went ham. now. This is badass. Like, like to really bring Nintendo to life. Um, and so it's, it looks really, really, really amazing. Um, just to see it all happening there. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I have to go back. Out. I'm going back now. I mean, I was going to go back anyway, but damn, this shit is cool. Yeah. It looks, it looks very cool. Uh, I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to be in a video game ever since I was little. And I remember watching, um, Captain N, the game master, uh, which was that awesome cartoon. I don't know if you guys remember, remember that. Oh, of course I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. He goes into like the Nintendo world. They have warp zones to get to different worlds. And, uh, I remember that. That was, and there was even like, there was even a valiant comic series of Captain N, the game master and other actually Nintendo properties. I think there was a Super Mario comic and there was a, Legend of Zelda comic, but I, and a Metroid comic actually. But yeah, Captain Didn't, the they, have, didn't they also have like crossover episodes where? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's one episode. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, because they always kind of like. I mean, even though it was a kids show, you get a sense that like uh, the 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 guy, the main protagonist, Captain N, the the, the high school kid, um, was like kind of going to be romantically linked with the main, you know, female protagonist. Uh, she was, which was, I think her name is Princess Lana. She's the one that's, or Alana. She's the one that's the princess from the Kid Icarus games, which I don't know, you know, no one ever, no one ever really ever played for except for you and I, Bebel. But yeah, like she was a kind of a girl, but eventually when they went like crossover with Metroid, the Metroid world, um, Samus Aran, she was now like saw what apparently had a thing for the Captain N character and saw Prince, the princess as a kind of rival for his affection and all that. And there was this whole like competition that there was there, but it was pretty cool. And Donkey Kong was like this giant gorilla that was like not nice and kind of scary. And mother brain was a villain. Well, anyway, the point is I saw that when I was little, I've always wanted to be in a video game. And so this seems like it's going to be the closest thing we're going to get to that besides like the really, really scary noir hellscape that is Tron. Which would be cool too, except for it would probably, I'd probably die within five seconds. So there it is. Gosh, this is so nostalgic. You look at like the animation style from the late eighties, early nineties. Oh yeah. Man, they yeah. don't have it like that anymore. Thank goodness. No, sir. They do not. And Simon Belmont's a total wuss and he's kind of like, whatever. I don't know, which I don't know. I wasn't crazy about that characterization, but Mega Man was there and it was awesome. Um, anyway, do we, do we know when this, this Nintendo world actually is planning to open or? Well, everything has been delayed because of, you know, all this pandemic stuff. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of up in the air with a lot of that right now. So it's, it's no patiently wait. That that's what, that's what we have to do is patiently yeah. wait. Yeah. Yep, Which I'm yep, sure yep, that's yep. that's what everybody who loves to you know play video games and you know dive deep into geek culture. We're all the most patient people on the planet, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 You know, patient and you know very you know open about expanding our you know horizons and wanting to bring people people in that have never usually played video games. Really big. Into yeah. That. I mean, we're, we're we're comfortable with the idea that maybe maybe Han didn't shoot first. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was it. Oh, okay. oh uh, anyway, one, moving on. one good thing is that apparently they are going to build the same thing in the Universal Orlando and Hollywood and Singapore. So that's this is going to be eventually coming stateside. Really? That seems like a big investment. I mean, don't get me wrong. Nintendo's never done bad, but geez. Well, I mean, why not, though? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to complain. They could put it. I'll go to every one of them. They could have my money. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Cool. I mean, give them that shit, dude. Just give them that shit. Can I buy tickets now? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. No. I mean, I, I'll. What if I buy a season pass to the summer of 2020? I mean, that's basically just giving them money, right? I mean, surely they'll just take it. Well, they're not going to say no. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they'll just just go buy another video game, kid. All right. Yeah. Uh, Wait, one more thing. Uh, back to the, you know, one more thing I, w- I want to actually bring up. Well, actually, two more things. One, uh, there is, um, and if any of you are fans of the Fallout video game series, um, you know, Fallout, Fallout 2, Fallout 3, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Fallout Brotherhood of Steel, all those different things. Uh, apparently, Amazon is developing a Fallout series. Um, yes, I, re- I read about that today on Flipboard too. Yeah, well... That's because this is up and coming, breaking entertainment news, there, man. Fuck yeah, dude! Oh yeah, you got a point, um, buddy. apparently. Well, you know that's that's how I operate. Question mark. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, yeah, so we're gonna You're have like a doctor. You just slice through that news desk, bro. Yeah, I'm uh, okay. That's how you operate. Um, anyway, yes. go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> anyway, ahead. so yeah, they released a teaser for it. Actually, I think it was today they released a teaser for it. The new Fallout series that they're developing. Um, and yeah, and basically they, you know, there's more, they want more details. There apparently there's a possibility that it might actually, uh, go beyond pilot and go right into, it's like, it's being written by this, uh, this writing couple and they're going to, um, they're writing an episode and they're going to be filming it. And then apparently if it's really good, the execs like it a lot, it's going to go straight to a full series order beyond the pilot stage, skip all of that. Um, there's not a whole lot out there right now. Um, the good thing is that the pedigree is amazing. I mean, the, the writing couple I just mentioned, uh, Lisa Joy and Jonah Nolan, they are the people that created the Westworld series. So it's not like they don't know what they're doing. So, I mean, yeah, uh, at least the first couple seasons of Westworld were really good. Yeah. So the Westworld showrunners are, they're the ones that are going to be, um, developing this new Fallout series for Amazon. And last but not least, at least for me anyway, and if you guys have anything you want to bring up, but, uh, apparently, Looks like the next generation of video games is going to be, they're going to raise the price. I know. I know. It's shocking. Um, what? I know. I so they're not going to be $60 a piece, nope. the $59.99 nope. price point? They, they might actually go up to $70 now. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Super expensive. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in the Neo Geo now. Okay. Wow. First of all, no. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was like, no. what? Okay. That was like 200 bucks for a game back in like I know, the 90s. I remember. I remember. That was in the 90s, 200 By the way, okay. Look, people get up in arms about this stuff. And I remember going into this with some people I knew that like, um, if you think about it, video games were $50 for a long time. I remember as I get in my rocking chair until I get to get off my lawn. I remember, <laughs> I remember buying Super Mario Brothers 3, right? When it came, when, when it was, when it was a new game, right, for my birthday. And it was the one birthday gift I got that year because that's like, that's what I wanted, right? So Mario Bros. 3, you know how much that game cost in whatever year dollars that was? That was a $50 game in those dollars. Not $50 today, $50 back then. All right. So think about it. That game cost $50 in whatever year it was, 89, 90, 91, whatever it is. And it wasn't until PS3, that generation, I think, that games jumped up to $60, I want to say. And people got upset about that. 
and this was what 2006 2007 the games came up one like like ten dollars right and now in you know it's going to be 2020 2021 games are going to be costing seventy dollars if you think about it you're still getting a lot for your buck considering what 50 what it was fifty dollars 20 years ago you know what i mean like if anything it just demonstrates further and further how games have gotten so much cheaper since then and you're getting a lot more out of it you're getting a lot more in terms of production value and time like super Mario Bros. three simple side scrolling platforming game to seventy dollars twenty dollars more in effective cash uh and you're getting a game that can give you 50 60 70 i mean i'm looking at like you know uh who knows cyberpunk 2077 or you know the next I mean, persona game whenever that comes out like hundreds you know dozens and dozens and dozens of hours of gameplay with 3d graphics seems, and all that so. i mean don't get me wrong there's there's definitely a drawback when okay look i'm, I'm with you i i agree we're probably due we're probably overdue for a price hike right these people, these game developers, these graphic designers, they put painstaking amounts of hours into developing these games and making them the polished gem that some of them are, right? Um, you know, and, and we're, we're essentially trying to not only catch up with probably the lack of inflation that's been, you know, added to these prices, right? We, we, we probably should have been increasing the prices along the way, but when I think about things like my allowance whenever I was 10, right? It might be hard for me to go from, I mean, even paying for a $60 game, let alone a $70 game as a 10 year old, because I'm, I want to play the latest game with my friends or whatever. So, I mean, I, I, that part concerns me a little bit, but I've got buddies that are graphic designers in the film industry and they don't get paid garbage. And, and they, they, they definitely deserve more, you know? So I, I would lump game developers almost in the same fold. They probably are overdue for a pay raise, you know? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, com- considering how much that is, but, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. And so, and I just did the calculations right now. If you, I purchased, well, I didn't pay for it because I was, you know, little, but, uh, when Super Mario Bros. 3 came out, that was in apparently 1988. Super Mario Bros. Came, 3 came out, probably in Japan before it came over here. Cause I remember, I think it was in third grade when I got it. It doesn't matter. 88, 89, right? $50. That today is just over a hundred bucks, right? That's how much it was for like Super Mario Bros. 3 in today's currency, uh, for it to be. Whereas, so, and so it's clearly like, yeah, like you said, it does not keep up with inflation at all. Um, and you know, people gotta, people gotta get paid. I mean, the crunch is the but crunch. Is it, is hours, it worth but. it though? Like, like think about, think about like you as a kid versus you as a parent now, right? If you could spend a hundred dollars on a video game that would leave your children so enthralled with it for hundreds of hours that you don't have to worry about like, where are they at? Are they breaking things? Did they do what they needed to do? Right. A hundred dollars is probably worth it when we talk about games like Mario. Right, so universally beloved by every kid on the block. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think. I mean, I think you're agreeing with me, right? It sounds like it. So, I definitely I would, agree with you. Yeah. We are on the same page. Yeah, I mean, I it's agree. Like, it's, and it's not even a hundred bucks. It's, it's. You're talking a game. It's the game. A game is seventy dollars. And here's the other thing, though. Though, when you're just going to your point, though, about the whole allowance thing, the the only issue with that is that, like, at least 
at least from the studies that I saw, I mean, I haven't checked up on it lately this year, but average people, the average person that plays video games now is not a kid anymore. It's not. The average age of a quote unquote gamer from like different, you know, surveys is someone in their mid thirties. Like they're not, you're oh, into they, they need to hike that to like 80 or $90. I mean, shit, well, we've got money right now. Well, and that's, and that's what I mean. Like, like it's not like, like, like the prices and all that. I mean, kids are playing video games. Obviously kids play video games, but the average quote unquote gamer is not. The average gamer is like our age because we were the original, some of the first gamers, you know, when we were younger and we've grown up. And so like, yeah, people I mean, they're dropping $70 for a video game are right? people that probably can, can, are not children scrimping together their allowance or like the lawnmower money they got. And then like they paid for it. You know what I mean? Like most of the yeah, time, I mean, that's actually not how it's going. If you make it, if you make it honestly by your mid twenties, you probably have a full time job at that point. You could probably afford a $90, $80 game. Now the console, you know, depending on what PlayStation and Xbox do in the next year with that release. And I mean, they well, the consoles are looking like they're going to be 500 bucks, give or take. So I mean, you're, you're dropping $500. That's, looks that's like. not as easy until you. No. You're doing pretty well for yourself, you know, but all the same, I'm down. They, they raise the games, man. I mean, all those fails, I'll just watch somebody else play it or something on YouTube. I mean, I mean, for me, it's, it, it, it doesn't really matter because I, I usually just wait for them to come unless it's a, a game I really, really want, like really, really want. I just wait for it to be used <laughs> by the GameStop, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, there but with the advent of so many digital downloads, you may not be able to do that as much in the future, man. I mean, yeah, I don't probably know. next console generation. This one is not going to be an issue still, but I think next. I mean, everyone's saying it. Maybe next console, next console generation. But yeah, yeah. There goes that game. That 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 situation right there. That's going to go away. Like the dodo bird, baby. Okay. So but, not not go ahead, bro. Not to uh, not to take that grimace tone that Tomas just laid down, but I've got a sad story and noticed in the news, and I wanted to pay homage. Carl Reiner, man. Passed away oh. in 98. Yes, rest in peace, baby. Man, rest in I, peace. it popped up and I was like, oh, dude. I mean, he's in everything like the generation behind mine, but he's been in some movies that I really, really even enjoyed, you know, being, you know, somebody in the, the younger years, you know? So uh, anyway, I wanted to just make sure we brought it up. Somebody who's had a huge impact on the film industry, been around for forever, it feels like. And he passed away at 98, and it's sad to see him go, but I think he's done his work, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, he, he definitely has. And, I mean, I mean, we still, thankfully, we still, you know, knock on wood, we still have Mel Brooks kicking around. So that's always a good thing to have those. They, they, but they, they were definitely something that was amazing. I mean, they, I don't know if you ever saw their Comedians in Cars yeah, on coffee. Yeah. When he did it with uh with with uh Jerry's Jerry's with Seinfeld, and then he showed up at his house, and he's like, "Oh, Mel's coming over." He's like, "What? Mel's coming over?" He's like, "Oh yeah, he comes over all the time." <laughs> just like, yeah, you know? they're just they're just it was hilarious. Dudes just wanting to chill out, like they they've done it. They're done with it. They're just watching fucking TV now. Yes, with their, they're watching TV with their Chinese TV dinners. That's how they're doing. It was fantastic. It was so great. And there's Seinfeld with a with a TV dinner table eating with them. It was hilarious, dude. It was such it was a good so episode. Funny. If anybody who hasn't seen Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, it's a Seinfeld series. I 
don't think it's on Netflix. You might have to. It, it is. It is. It's a Netflix series. It is a Netflix series. But I think either the season that just happened or the next season is going to be the last one. But they, it, they, every single one is fantastic. Some are better than others. For me, the best one I've seen so far. I haven't seen all of them. Best one I've seen so far is the one with him and Alec Baldwin. The one with him and Alec Baldwin is absolute gold because Alec Baldwin is quite possibly one of the funniest people alive and it's just so good but yes There's, the Carl Reiner one is great too I think it's funny because you you it's not it doesn't feel like it's heavily scripted it doesn't feel like we've got a plan it's just we're gonna drive around these two comedians are just being themselves right they're mm-hmm. naturally comedic and funny people um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's not it's not my top shelf, but it, it is a great, yeah, great. It's show a good show. Watch. It is a good show. It is a good show. Um, but uh, but yeah, but rest in peace, Carl Reiner. I mean, the first time I saw Carl Reiner was probably when I was a kid. I was watching Dick Van Dyke's show on Nick at Night because he was the he was on the show. So yeah, he was on he was on Dick Van Dyke a whole lot. I I think that was probably my first time as well. But granted, I was watching reruns, right? Dick Van yes, Dyke. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. A time before myself. Anyway, um, I think the first movie I saw him in was Ocean's Eleven, I think. And oh, okay. Man. Yeah, I, I don't know what movie I saw him in, but I mean, he stopped making movies for a long time. And he just, he if he showed up in a movie, it's usually a movie he directed. You know, because I know he did directed Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid with Steve Martin, which is another good one. And he shows up in there as some Nazi guy. So I don't know. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, no, it's a it's it's crazy that he's gone. But he, I mean, he lived his life, man. Ninety eight years old is not a bad time to go out. Yeah, yeah. But we wanted we wanted to make sure we mentioned it. Um, mm-hmm. I know I did, and and, and want to make sure that we uh, just point out, you know, a bright star stuffed out. But uh, you know, we, we've got lots of ways to remember him, watch all of his films, everything he's ever been in. So yep, he's definitely been immortalized. But yeah, rest in peace, Carl Reiner. Anything else you want to talk about, Derek? I got two more, man. I got two more. I was. Oh my god, really? Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, have I, has anybody ever seen the show No Game No Life? No, no, never right. even heard so, of that. What is that? So it's it's an anime. It's great. It is one of probably my favorite anime of all time. It is incredible. So uh, I'll give you the simple premise. Uh, brother and sister are super badasses in their, uh, gaming community. They play video games and they are the best at it. No one ever beats them. So, uh, turns out that they get a random email and they get sucked into another universe where the rules of the world are that, uh, you can't have, there's no, there's no crime. There's no, you know, theft or, 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 you know, murder or anything like that. And all disputes are settled by playing a game. And it's not just one game. Like you could choose any game to settle your dispute. And these two siblings are such badasses at any form of playing a video game or, or a card game or poker or chess, um, that they're just unbeatable. And so, uh, when they arrive in this world, they find out that there's different species of, you know, living beings that all have their own, you know, countries that they, they hail from. And the humans, you know, they're human, these two, these brother and sister, they're humans. Um, and, and they are, uh, like the, the humans are the lowest ranking species in the world right now. And because these two siblings are so good at playing games, 
they go through trying to win as many games against the other countries to make the humans on top again, like on, on, on the top of the totem pole. Um, so they discontinued it to get to the news. They discontinued it after one season. It was fantastic. I love the show. The art and everything was amazing, but they killed it off. And I read earlier this week that they're bringing it back for season two. Nice. Now you say they killed it off. How do you know they killed it off? How was it? It was just not a hiatus or like what was, what was going on with that? Um, I mean, you could call it a hiatus, but let me see here. Um, I want to say that it was, uh, ended in 2014. So it's definitely a long hiatus. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Six I, years. That'll I, do I it. Yeah. 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 All, right. All right. Actually, I, I saw something about that the other day. I had read something about that, that show. So I was like, okay. I mean, I was I was drawn into it for the artwork alone, and a lot of times different anime will get me that way, and sometimes the story is garbage. But this show, I saw it, and I literally it was one of those things like eh, at seven o'clock at night, you know, I'll watch a couple more shows and then go to bed, and you stay up until four in the morning to binge the entire first season, and that's it. So, I mean, it drew me in that that hard to to watch this show. Very good show. Um, and I'm happy that they're having a second season. So that's that. Right. And what's the next one? The next one, um, the labyrinth. Everyone knows oh, it. Fantastic. The remake. The remake. Well, no, no, I'm not even there yet. Oh. It turns out that uh, th- does anyone remember uh, Baby Toby? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Baby Toby apparently was conceived during the development of the labyrinth by two people who were working on it and he will now star in the re- in the sequel. Dude, he's like a special effects person too. He worked on he worked on the the Netflix series for Dark, Dark Crystal. Crystal. Like yes. He's one of, he's one of the puppet makers. Like he created some of the puppets. Yeah. Yeah. He, so so his his two parents were were both involved in the development by the time they were filming with David Bowie, he'd been, you know, born and so he became, you know, the child that that David Bowie was going to use to the Goblin King was going to use to yeah. come into our world. Is that what it was? That what it was going to be? Like, is uh, that it? I think it I was. Know, like that. I don't know. It was the babe with the, the details power. are hazy as to why this child had to what be kidnapped. <laughs> the, I don't know. What did you say? What did you say, Derek? It was the babe with the power. What power? I, I don't know. The power of power the, of voodoo. Voodoo. Yeah. You do. Do what? The, the power of the babe. babe. <laughs> wow, that was we just we just literally uh, like went next level dork right now, dude. So anyway, uh, he, yes, he was uh, obviously in the first labyrinth, and he was involved in the Dark Crystal series for Netflix, uh, what a year or two ago, and uh, now he's going to be part of the uh, the sequel, and. I thought that was kind of a cool thing because you ne- you never I mean child stars and especially baby movie stars you don't ever hear about they go on to live normal lives because they develop human facial features rather than look like little aliens but anyway I thought that was a good uh, good story to bring up that's a good one dude that's a good one so I have two as well oh, and uh, oh news feature I like this oh yeah yeah we got some good ones today you got some good ones today and this one so there's two that one is of another like a discussion one is or one is more of an obs- an observation that I saw today and the other one is um you know an actual topic 
uh, is, uh, okay, so the first one, of course, is the one that's been going crazy for the last two weeks, and Goody knows this. It is, remember when I talked about the DCEU, about the still beating heart of the DCEU? And it's been, it's confirmed in my opinion that basically the DCU is going to live long and prosper basically because, you know, if we, unless you've been under a rock when it comes to pop culture, Michael Keaton is in talks to reprise his role as Batman. Oh, I'm okay in the with DCU. that. Okay. So he is, I don't know if you, did you know about this, Derek, or no? No, no, I had. Okay, so so he's he's supposed to be kind of like a Nick Fury. He's gonna be if 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 it all works out, his Batman, his Bruce Wayne will be in Flashpoint, the Flash movie that's gonna be coming out in twenty twenty. Is that is that like that? I mean, that's gonna be confirmed. It's gonna be a Flashpoint. Type thing it's going to be a flashpoint on. thing because it's going to be able to use and you're going to have different universes, the multiverse, basically. Seeing how they brought that Flash into the Arrowverse in the multiverse whole In Crisis, crisis on Infinite Earths. They actually brought him into it and he was there for like a quick second. That was pretty cool. And then we know that Bruce Wayne exists because of, forgot his name, man. The guy who, okay, I don't know. I'm sure you've seen the original Tim Burton Batman, Derek. Yeah, of course. You know the guy who was the reporter with... um Vicky Gosh, Vale. Batman in that one? Val Kilmer? No, no. Oh, dude. my God. <laughs> He's, uh, I, 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 I'm about to shun you. Oh, uh, yeah. man. That's one of the fun. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but you remember the reporter in the original one that was working with Vicky Vale. Well, he shows up in Crisis on Infinite Earths in the Arrowverse, like a split second in a scene. He just sees the sky's red. You know what I mean? But he's there, which means that he exists. Which means that Bruce Wayne exists in that world. You follow me? And oh, since God. Ezra Miller showed up on the show, there we go. We have Flashpoint. So there's he's in talks to be kind of like a possible. The rumors are he's going to be like a Nick Fury kind of character. Where he's going to bring the, the the multiverse together, which is a strong possibility that you might get to see a different Batman. You might get to see, which means that you could probably get. Affleck to come back as Batman, where you or you can get maybe a Terry from Batman Beyond. You know what I'm saying? You might. There's like it's God knows what they can do with that movie, but that's what that's good. That's supposedly going to bring everything together for Flashpoint, which means that you know, hopefully, God, cross your fingers. Goody and I, I showed Goody a boss. A boss Logic is an amazing artist. I don't know if you've ever seen his artwork, Derek. I just showed it to Goody, but he is an oh. amazing pop culture and like comic. A comic character, hero, superhero, artist. And he made a split screen artwork of his, his, his opinion of a flashpoint poster where he, where he had, uh, Ezra Miller and then of course flashpoint and then as a, as a flash. And of course the talks, he's still kind of attached to the movie is Matthew McConaughey was, is going to be reverse flash. Which is going to be so perfect because he'll be so perfect as sinister as a sinister person because he was great in uh, in the Dark Tower movie as someone super sinister like he was awesome as a bad guy in that show, in that movie and then Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Flashpoint Batman Thomas Wayne yeah that's I don't even know this is too deep I don't I don't I don't know any <laughs> of these facts. Look in Wikipedia and go into Flashpoint and look up it's, Flashpoint. Flashpoint was it. great. Flashpoint was awesome. And Flashpoint it's, is great. And I think that was when when it was revealed that uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan would be playing Thomas Wayne. Um, 
in the you know the Batman in, in the DCEU, um, everyone kind of blew up because that guy can can look like a fighter and he can you know what I mean like he's not like some scrawny can, guy like he's a great he actor do, for that he, he can, can do the grizzly thing he can do the grizzly thing right and he can do the fighting thing and all that because he's I mean done other stuff like he's that guy he's great and so when everyone saw him as Thomas Wayne whenever when he was announced as Thomas Wayne as his like cameo type thing everyone was like. So one of the making a flashpoint because yeah. him as flashpoint Batman is phenomenal. Like, like to the point where people are like, they only brought him into this movie as Thomas Wayne because they want him as flashpoint Batman. Yes, dude. I don't know if you've ever, like, and okay, you don't know this, Derek, but flashpoint Batman, you know, the Batman that we see in the movies, he's pretty rough and tumble. Like he's, he's, he'll, he'll fight in a heartbeat. Flashpoint Batman is a whole other monster. I mean, he's literally a monster. He has no scruples whatsoever of what he does to criminals. He will shoot a criminal in the head, point blank, execution style, because he does not care. Oh, well, I mean, if you think about okay, you imagine the, the Batman costume, but give it a lot of red. The eyes are actually red in the cow, and he, and he wears a sidearm. Like, he carries a gun with him. Like the flashpoint okay. Batman so carries a gun. We're not talking a grappling hook gun. We're talking like he's he carries he's a side yeah, a firearm. Because instead of instead of him dying and Martha dying, Bruce and Martha die. Actually, no, not not is even that. Died? No. What is it? What it was was that well, in that one, Bruce died. Oh, in that yeah. kind of change in history, and he became Thomas Wayne became Batman, and Martha became the Joker. That's right. Yes, Martha became the Joker. She was driven God. insane by watching her son die, so she becomes the Joker. And then he can't kill her, though. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, that's, that's I, how I, it goes. I, I gotta buy the the Flashpoint graphic novel. I've been meaning to buy that. That's one. But either and the way, reason why it's called Flashpoint is because the Flash changed something in history, and so when that happened, he created his whole divergent timeline, and all these things changed in the DC universe. And it's called, they call it the Flashpoint universe. It's pretty cool. Yeah, dude, it's wild. So that's so that's supposed to back goes back to what we were saying. That's what Michael Keaton's role is going to be. He's going to be there to kind of be like a Nick Fury kind of you know overarching kind of leader character, just to kind of pull everybody together like Nick Fury did in the Avengers. Well, and that's the other thing is that like when you told me about this, that just makes you think that okay, then this is just going to make the multiverse more of a thing in these movies, or it has to because we already have a Batman from the Flash's Ezra Miller's universe and that's ben affleck so clearly this is a bruce wayne from another universe and so they're gonna have to do and because it's flashpoint or whatever they're gonna have to do this whole it's a multiverse like now they're, they're confirming a multiverse i guess kind of like they con- sort of confirmed it with the yeah, last well, I mean, spider-man the movie, movie and with the, movie, yeah. with the doctor strange films and the marvel yeah. yeah yeah and the joker and the joker movie in dc it's supposed to be a one-shot quote-unquote but from what I've heard, I've heard that maybe you know the rumor is that the Robert Pattinson Batman is in the same universe as the Joker, as the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, but just more modern day. Mm, that, that could be you know I mean? that could be good. Yeah. So I mean, there's I mean, those are a lot of different rumors going on. So we won't know until we actually see it. But that is the big that is the big kind of thing in pop culture that's happened in the last week. Um, now the other thing that I want to talk about is like something. It's just something I saw today. It's not something I read. It's not something that people have talked about. It's just something I saw. So we know that a lot of comic cons right now, especially San Diego, are having online free virtual. Oh content. man, I know where you're going. This is good. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. I don't know. I don't know if you know where I'm going, but I might be. It's not DC though. It's Marvel. So Marvel's online virtual con 
like their event is called Goody, wait for it. Marvel 616. What? So, hold on. I don't know if you know what 616 is about, Derek. Do you know? No clue. Okay. So is this what you thought I was going to talk about? You're talking about something different. No, totally different. You went went way out in left field for me. Okay. So Marvel 616 is the prime universe, okay, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, it's not. Okay, you're already wrong. You're already wrong. No, it's it's Marvel Prime. Get out of here. Get out of here. Shun you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Okay. So, Derek, and all our listeners out there that are still listening and haven't, like, clicked us off yet, uh, in the Marvel Multiverse, they gave all the different Marvel Universes, like, numeric sort of uh, reference points and numbers, right? Um, And so they have, like, different Marvel this, Marvel that, kind of like Earth this, Earth that, in the DC Multiverse. Yes. Well, in the Marvel, Marvel 616 is the classic universe. All right. That's the classic universe of like the original Spider-Man, like all the classic portrayals of the no, heroes. I was right. Yeah, I was right. Well, no, because no, they, no, 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 because no, what you're, what he's describing, what you described are very different, but I'm guessing in the classic yeah. universe is where we're going to have like the detective Batman, right? No, 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 no. What I was saying was Marvel Cinematic Universe, okay, is Marvel 616. No, it's not. <sighs> okay, go ahead, Goody. Buddy, Marvel Cinematic Universe is Marvel 19999. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, sorry. Yes, sorry, 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 sorry. In any case. I'm just going right, to so sit back and soak this in for a moment. <laughs> yeah, it's right. actually one. Right. It's actually one nine nine. Nine nine nine, like a one and five nines after it is okay. the Marvel Cinematic Universe's numeric okay. one. Six one six is like the will, is the will, original Marvel Universe of like the original classic Spider Amazing Spider Man. Uh, just basically the, the original classic portrayals of the heroes. That's that universe is six one six. So I will. I'll, okay, in that sense, I th- I will. But I think what's happening though, Goody, is this: is that since they're calling it and it's the MCU's thing, they're calling that forum Marvel Six One Six. Okay. Now, this is what I saw. As I say, this is just what I saw. I'm thinking that, in my opinion, if it's going to be there, I'm thinking that we are getting to the point where we're going to be heading into Secret Wars territory. That's going to be the next big thing. Because we had the Infinity Stones. And I think we're moving into Secret Wars territory, which will allow Marvel to then, which is because we're doing Doctor Strange, you know, which will allow Marvel to start going into the multiverse, which will bring Spider-Man in there more, like even into the Spider-Verse. You know, you'll have you'll have Miles Morales there. You'll have you know, it's gonna wait. It's a way to bring in the X-Men. Oh yeah, you know? Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, but, but how is how is what, uh... How is Chris Evans going to be two different Marvel characters at the same time? <laughs> I don't think he's going to be a Marvel character. But I'm saying that that's the beauty we- of it. That's the beauty of it because they don't have to. First of all, MCU Chris Evans is old and retired. Uh, MCU Captain America, whereas the any other multiverse Captain America can look different and be a different yeah. guy. He could be a totally different person. Like in in one universe, it could be fuck. It could be um, uh, Stephen Strange as Captain America. So we don't I mean, have to do like one of those. Uh, Superman things where Clark Kent and Superman are never in the same room at the same time. Yeah, no, 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 no we no, don't. No. I mean, <laughs> usually in the comics, they look very similar to each other in the different universes, but they don't have to. Yeah, um, which is why yeah. it's a parallel universe and something can change. I mean, he could be 
I don't know, hippopotami for all I know, whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 so I'm, 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 in my opinion, this is just me talking here. In my opinion, I think that's where they're moving to. That's the next step. And if that's the case, the big bad in the most recent iteration of Secret Wars was Dr. Doom. I mean, he was bad. So. That's my opinion. My opinion is that the next big event that's going to bring the Marvel Cinematic Universe together is going to be Secret Wars with Doctor Doom. I thought that's who they were talking about was going to be the next. I feel like I've heard the Doctor Doom theory a couple times that he was going to be the next big bad because he really was that big of a bad guy in a couple of the series out there. Yeah, yeah. In in Secret Wars, he ordains himself a god, and he wipes out the other universes, and that's what you're left with in the Marvel comic books. You're left with this one universe now, because that's what it is. Secret Wars essentially what he wipes out all the other universes, and then the only ones that are left are, are the one that's left is the Marvel Prime universe. So well, yeah, and a bunch of other universes were like molt, blended into that one. Like he, yeah, it's basically they did the, another version of their um, like what DC did with Crisis on Infinite Earths. Which they just did in the TV show, and they did in the comics way back when. Um, and I think Disney, actually Marvel did something similar, but now they've done that again, where Marvel with the last Secret War, Secret Wars thing is that yeah they they uh, they simplified the Marvel multiverse somewhat. They they streamlined so, it somewhat. I wasn't going to ever bring this up, but since we're on topic here, how is it okay? Don't get me wrong, but you know, like they've had a handful of villains throughout the MCU so far, right? And, some were dead, some were alive. Right, right, and 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 you know, with with Thanos, which whether or not he was that big of a bad guy, they built him up to be that. Right, that was part of the the pinnacle of the MCU. What was it? Phase one or two or phase whatever. One, phase one through yeah. uh, four, I think, or four or three. Phase one through three, good or four. Phase one through four, four. Phase four was concluded. Yeah, yeah. With, so uh, I think far from home. He yeah, was well, like he was like the pinnacle bad guy at the peak of that wave, right? And yet I really enjoyed Doctor Strange. It was probably one of my more enjoyed uh Marvel movies that they they did so far. But uh Dormammu was a real badass and they didn't give him any credit. Well, see that 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 was a possibility. They said that Dormammu was going to play a larger role, but I think that's that's the one thing. Until they got kind of, I think they kind of got it right with with Thanos. Is that there was always a problem with the bad guys in the MCU? They were never fully fleshed out, and so it never felt they never really they never really kept their day in the sun. You know what I mean? So it was just one of those things. But I think I think you're probably going to see more. Maybe possibly more of Dormammu, but not really, because really the big bad in, in Doctor Strange is going to be Baron Mordo. Well, I mean, I think the what they did right with Thanos and a handful of the other villains is that, you know, they gave us enough of an understanding around their motives, right? Yeah. We understood, it, not that we would agree with what he wanted to do, what any of the villains wanted to do, well... but we could we could understand at least how they got to that conclusion and why they were fighting so hard to carry out this act of terror, you know, like, whatever. What's his name? Um, like Daniel Brühl's character, Baron Zemo in, uh, in, uh, winter soldier in winter in not winter soldier in civil war, civil war rather. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to be the, he's going to be the big, he's going to be one of the, one of the big bads in, uh, in the show too. Cause he's in the show also. 
I could go so deep on this. I mean, like Red Skull, how did he end up with one of the uh, the the stones? Being like the it's the kind of guardian the of the stone, or like, well, yeah, no, well, no one explained I, that to us. We, well, we, no, he was no there, and everyone accepted it. But there was no explanation. But I remember when I saw uh, the first Avenger that when the test rack and he disappeared, I was like, wait, the guy didn't die. I mean, he didn't. We didn't see him like oh. And then I go like he just disappeared, and I was like, okay, he's definitely coming back later on. He's coming back somehow, somewhere, because of you know for whatever reason. They don't explain how he did it, but when he showed up, I'm like, oh, been I've been waiting for this payoff for like years and years (laughs) because because I knew he wasn't dead. Because the way he went out, we all forgot about Red Skull. out. (laughs) Exactly when I saw him on screen, I'm like, holy shit, Red Skull. What a boring job, though. Ugh. Just waiting for, for someone to show up and like, hey, sit around and watch people die. That's what you right. do. That's what, if they even show up, like you're there for the years and years. Like, oh crap, someone's here. Oh no, they left because planet sucks and it's boring. Okay, yes, yes um. exactly, exactly. But uh, but yeah, no, but that's that's me, dude. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. The MCU is going to roll next, which totally makes sense. I had a feeling they were probably going to go into the Scroll War, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. That might be something with with uh, Captain Marvel. Who knows? I think they were planning for that, but we haven't got there yet. Obviously, I don't right? Think so. Wonder I Woman kind of I- helped to tee that up with where. Um, shit! Did you what say is- Wonder Woman? Did you say Wonder Woman, dude. Wonder Woman. Like we're talking Captain Marvel, bro. God, you're so you're so out of it, bro. <laughs> Derek muted himself out of shame. Fake fan. I'm talking to myself <laughs> at this point. Um, <laughs> like he, he shunned himself. I meant Captain Marvel. Motorboy. And Motorboy. what I was talking about Motorboy. was how uh, Nick Fury was like on a beach on a scroll ship or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, 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 like they, yeah. They, they were no, leading that. They were leading that direction. I think that's why I think they're still going to be there. I think it's still going to be a part of that, but I just think it's going to be something in the Brie Larson aspect in her in her series of movies. I think that's just going to be there for that part yeah. because I think that's what, that's where it's going to be with her. But but I mean, who knows exactly what's what's going to come because you know we haven't seen shit. Nothing's come out, so we don't even know what's happening. You know, with everything happening with the pandemic, I, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I need to see an MCU movie. I need to see one. I gotta, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I gotta, have I, gotta it. Have I need it. it. It's been, it's been six months. I, I don't know what to do with myself now. Come on. I need, I need to mainline an MCU at this point. Seriously. <laughs> Put it in my veins. Put it in there. Anyways, but all right. Well, that's it. So, uh, as always, we will be, uh, moseying on to the refill portion of the show. So everybody. I'm sure you need to get a uh, a second or a third drink, depending if you've had enough time to you know drink whatever you have. Oh yeah, no, um, I, I, my my glass is dry. I've already eaten the ice, ready to go. Yeah, know, time. I'm, I'm doing that too, and I'm and I'm drinking water just to make sure. So um, also, it's time also for a bio break, everyone. So in any case, if you uh, just just you know hang out with us, uh, listen to some music, as I always put the little music on, and uh, we'll be right back with the refill portion, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. 
we are here. The Motor Boys are back. Motor Boys. Oh boys, boys, motor boys. Gosh, always. Motor Boys. I think I want to ask Rob Zombie if we can use uh, Dragula as our theme song. Yeah. yeah no, you that would be scary. I mean, Just I love that. Write song. him a nice, wow. nice worded letter and send it out and see what happens. Yes. Uh, no, it's yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah. Harsh- that'll work. It'll be harshly worded, but it'll just be me screaming. <laughs> Anyways, um, another one of these assholes. How would you even write that? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll find an app. He, he an opens app. up his mail in his silk pajamas and his silk robe. Like hmm. it'll be what it is. It's one of those, uh, like the like in Harry Potter. <laughs> Ronald Weasley. Oh God. <laughs> just start screaming the howler letters. Yeah, the howler letters. Yeah, who's oh, got a howler? Man. Wait, what's Harry Potter? Oh God! <laughs> next, next, please, next. So this <laughs> week, everyone, what we're talking about? <laughs> is... Are you? Are you? Were you quoting an Ariana Grande song? Thank oh, you. God. Next. Thank you. Next. No, not Are even. You... Please, dear right, God. Sorry, you go ahead. Go Galaxy ahead. Quest. The movie is Galaxy <laughs> Quest. Came oh, out in '99. Yeah. It's got a lot of really solid talent in it. It's funny how how many like really really uh, like solid you know talent is in this Even movie. The background people. Even the background people. I went. Uh, I'm sure you did. You did you go down IMDb rabbit hole like I did? Like yeah. I do every yeah, time. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> You saw Rain Wilson as Lonk, didn't you? Yeah, I was yes, like, what? Did. How, how did... <laughs> and then he shows up and you're like, holy shit, there he is. Yeah. He's got a speaking he's role. He's sitting there. Like two, role, two words, but yeah, he's got a speaking role. Yeah, he's there. Oh, oh man. Geez. My God, um, there's so much. No, but yeah, no, it, it, it was okay. For those that have never seen it, which you should, uh, Galaxy Quest uh, was probably like the last great sci-fi movie of the 90s because it came out in 99, you know? It's what happens. But, I mean, it was directed by Dean Pariseau, who at that point had done a few movies not too crazy. But that one he did. And then, I mean, another one he did that was really good was the first Red movie with Bruce Willis and Morgan Freeman. Fantastic motion picture. Oh, movie. yeah. And he's directing – he directed the the new Bill & Ted movie that's coming out, which is going to be – I hope it's going to be great. I really have high hopes oh, for that. Oh, Face Music? I'm pumped for it. Yes, I so want to see it. I'm so jazzed for that I'm movie. So, <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot wait. I, I cannot wait. I Watch. mean, the trailer it's doesn't gonna give come out. out. We're going to be like, no one, no one I, should go I, see I, that I, movie. <laughs> I mean, if anything, I want to If it's see bad, it. I'll say it, but man, I hope it isn't, man. I have high I hopes. really hope it isn't. I really, because, I, because, I mean, I will pay money, honestly, if it's a bad movie, I will pay money just to see Keanu and Alex Winter in those muscle suits. That looks amazing. Yeah, I think I'd be down for th- that. That whole scene is pretty hilarious because... I mean, they're all tatted up, and yes. they're just kind of hilarious. I mean, <laughs> they just look so off the wall. But in any case, but he's the director of the movie. Um, in the motion picture, you star a, a, basically a who's who of talent. You got Tim Allen, uh, you got Sigourney Weaver, you have Alan Rickman, the great, the great late uh, national treasure, Alan Whitman Rickman. Uh, you have uh, Sam Rockwell in one of his first motion pictures. You have uh, Tony Shalhoub. Uh, I think it was a, I think he was an Emmy winner and Golden Globe winner. I think he was still on Wings during the motion picture during the filming of this motion picture. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, what was his name on Wings? The, the Antonio Scarpacci. Antonio Scarpacci. That's right. You. How do you was, know that? My goodness, dude, we love that it show. Stuck out. Was, it's it, that's something that has stayed in my mind 
Antonio Scarpacci. For eons. Antonio Scarpacci. The way he says it. It's You're so not crazy. unconscious. The police are trying to find out who you are. You don't know your name. You're social. You only have Antonio Scarpacci. Scarpacci. I'm an ego Vespucci. So there you go. But I'm any show. Antonio Scarpacci. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Shit. You guys, my goodness. Oh my god. Anyway, all right. <laughs> What's your name, sir? It's a me, Mario. No <laughs> 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 Pochicho. Oh my god. Oh my god. Jesus. Oh my god. It's a me, Mario. Wama Wario. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> The anyway, movie is about. Hold on, hold on, no, shh, no, not yet, not yet. We're not done with the cast, bro. We have a Daryl Chill Mitchell. Uh, uh, unfortunately, not to bring a downer, but pre-accident because he's he's in a wheelchair now because he had a car accident. But he's still doing great as an actor because he's on NCS New Orleans as a as like a hacker on the uh, with the team. So he's doing good, and he's always been a great actor. I've always loved Daryl Chill Mitchell. So he's in the show. He's uh, he's Laredo, uh, and then um and then of course in his introduction movie making role you have uh justin long this was his first movie oh wow yes really his like oh that's a, i mean that's a pretty prominent role for somebody who was like yeah it was his first movie in the movies and you know and and it was just it's just one of those things now you remember and another funny thing is the tall kid that was kind of like with him in the group the tall blonde kid, he's actually in the movie Accepted, which is another Justin Long movie, which is a fantastic, very under the radar, great Justin Long flick. If you ever get to want to watch a good one, watch, that's a good one. That movie has a ton of young talent. That has Blake Lively, has fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Jonah Hill. I mean, it's a ton of talent on that movie too. Yeah. But either way, the Southampton uh, Institute that, that of Technology. That movie is hilarious. <laughs> Southampton Institute of Technology, with the shitheads. That's how they talk. <laughs> So, anyways, but uh, but yes, I'm, I'm forever gonna there's know Justin Long as the guy from Dodgeball. Oh, oh. I mean, not the guy that was the map, or or not the guy who was uh, who was the uh, who became the skin suit eye guy in Jeepers Creepers. I mean, that's that's another thing. Oh was, gosh, uh, I forgot about that. that was, no, definitely not. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I have a very different image of him than, yeah, than you do, I guess. Too. I, every time I think of Justin Long, I see him without his eyes pinned to a wall. So I just, I just, I don't know. And I hear jeepers, creepers. Where'd uh, you get that? Okay. <laughs> but in any case, uh, there's other people. I mean, Rain Wilson's in the movie. Uh, shit. Ah, the guy, I forgot the guy's name, the actor, but he was the dad in Veronica Mars. He's in that show, in that movie too. Uh, he's he's a great he's a great character actor. I mean, it, there's a there's a lot of people. I mean, Kevin McDonald shows up at the end from Kids in the Hall. Great Kids in the Hall reference, Goody. Early. There it is. Do it on purpose, but yeah, it was great. a little bit. Yeah, actually, a little bit, a little bit. It's okay because he was in the movie. Oh, the great Laredo. There you go, guys. You know what I mean? Just, but yeah. But this is the movie that actually I, I listened to Justin Long's podcast. Life is short with Justin Long. That's the name of the podcast, and um and uh, he. He talks about how this was where he met Sam Rockwell and, you know, and, and how they became really, really good friends. And this is, and Sam Rockwell also introduced him to Philip Seymour Hoffman and they became like this like trio of just real good friends that just piled around in, in Hollywood. So it's just, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you know, this movie really catapulted Justin Long to do other things, which was great. But the back to the movie, the movie 
in short, is kind of like a Goody said, like a love letter to Star Trek by not doing Star Trek because it it showed a lot of the rumors and stuff that the Star Trek people experienced while at the conventions. You know what I mean? And but it it, it stars a, an old. It's also a, a group of of actors who portrayed characters on a short lived uh, television series and get. Um, I guess you could say Shanghai into a real life space adventure <laughs> to save a group of people from another group of people that are just awful. So that's well, that's extremely well, I mean, vague. Wow, dude. Okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> their their show is like broadcast out into space, and some civilization out in the universe has modeled their entire society around this television show. I mean, imagine if your, your, your planet is, is in turmoil and you catch a few episodes of Star Trek and you decide to model the entire world after Star Trek. And the Federation. And the Federation, right? You build your spaceships that way. You dress that way. You talk that way. You model the controls of the ship that way because you believe the show, Star Trek, is a documentary and it's real. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so these actors are, you know, their show is over, but they're still popular. You think about like all their Star Trek people, you know, um, gosh, I never can remember this guy's name, even though he's a free, who, who, who played Picard? Oh, uh, um, Patrick Stewart, Patrick Stewart, dear God. Anyway, um, like Patrick Stewart going to, you know, a Comic-Con and being hounded by fans, basically, right? He's, I mean, he's a god amongst men. Absolutely, and and rightly so, because he's a, a gem. Honestly, he, he's, international, he's fantastic. International. Um, but you know, so the, these these actors are going to comic cons, making money, making a living off of the show that they are famous from, and they basically get abducted by the aliens who have modeled their society after Galaxy Quest, the show they were in, and. Uh, hilarity and peril ensues. And I, I was reading a lot about the, the, I mean, we'll get into the movie, but I was reading a lot about the movie and, and, uh, and the scene in, um, in the motion picture where, um, Tim Allen gets shot in the pod back to earth. Yeah. And he's just screaming the whole time. <laughs> well, the scene in Star Trek where you see Kirk and Sue and Sulu in the suits kind of shot out from the ship. Yeah, when they were like, 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 fly, like, like, like flying down mm. to the planet or something. Yeah, that scene is supposedly like an homage to Galaxy Quest, to the Galaxy Quest scene where he goes on the pat and the pod. Wait, Star Trek paying homage to Galaxy Quest? Yes, because AJ Abrams said in the conversation, he's like, "Yeah, you know, we were thinking we were, when I was making them, when I was doing the whole movie, I thought, you know what." I want to go. Why don't we go ahead and use some, uh, some of the scenes from that great Star Trek film, Galaxy Quest? <laughs> so, oh gosh, I don't think. Well, he, I mean, that was more of a. I think that was tongue in cheek. He was saying that tongue in cheek because like saying it. because he's like a few years people. back, I remember perfectly a few years back that like when they did a whole like rank the best Star Trek movies or rank your Star Trek movies. Star Trek fans put Galaxy Quest in that ranking above actual Star Trek movies. Yes, That's yes. how beloved that has become with like Star Trek fans, that movie. This movie well, it's, it's like a it's almost like a fan film, a fan film that that actually had a budget and actually was in theaters, you know? Yeah, it's like it's a it, again, it's a parody slash love letter to Star Trek. 
But, he, but even the aspect of it being a parody, they used a lot of the same experiences that the oh, actual yeah. Star actors had. I mean, because, because those, those, the things we saw in the movie with the relationship between the actors and Tim Allen's, Tim Allen's character, uh, Jason Nesmith, he, he, uh, that's, that's, that's the relationship that the rest of the crew had with William Shatner. That's, you know, because William Shatner actually got to have some roles after Star Trek, but everyone else really didn't. Maybe outside of Spock, I mean, no one else really had sizable roles. Another Nimoy, you yeah, know what I mean? Everyone yeah. else kind of just, just kind of disappeared into the nothing, into the netherworld. Um, now, and then when the movies came back, and it, it kind of resurged their their career, but. But I mean, between that and then, I mean, all they had was the Comic Cons, the, the conventions, and you know, and so they had. And a those really- conventions weren't nearly as big then as they are now. Uh, not even they weren't even as big as what they show in Galaxy Quest. I mean, they weren't even like that, dude. I mean, we're talking the hotel like you know, lobby. That's it. I mean, yeah, that's that's what we're talking about here. But in all in all sense of the word, is that you know th- that relationship that they had with Tim Allen's character is 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 a parallel to what the crew had with William Shatner. And then there's the scene. I read about this. There's a scene in the movie where Jason Nesmith's character is in the bathroom, and those two guys came in. Like, what a bunch of losers! That kind that actually happened. That's something that William Shatner actually said happened to him one day. He was in the bathroom in one of the stalls, and he heard people saying that stuff about them. You know, and it it it, it apparently it hurt him like deeply that. Someone at this convention That's that so is made crazy. I guess I only that. ever hear I only ever hear the side of praise right towards the characters that and the actors that we've had in these shows. I've not ever heard. I mean, I've never thought of you know Shatner or or any of those those actors as like washed up or anything. Well, I mean that, that that's just because now they're getting. I'm the nerd. Dude. I'm that nerd. I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, that, it's just that it's like what what you're saying. It's like. Well, you said they're getting their due now, like, and and they have been for 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 years now. But but back, you know, after the end of the Star Trek original series, and before the first movie came out, and even sometime, I guess, after the the movie started coming out, but before yeah, I think, that, I think it was until the next generation came that's, out, that space of time, but definitely before the movie, the first full motion picture came out, that space of time, like, there was nothing. They had nothing, and so like they all they had were these all, a bunch of them were these conventions, and so yeah, like to a lot of people they were like already has beens when they weren't even that they we didn't have to be they didn't they weren't that old or anything there there wasn't that there was not that appreciation for those characters and that entire franchise that there exists today. Exactly, I mean it's just one of those things where they they now have that appreciation, and you know unfortunately some of them have passed away, but. They, they are, they are getting their day in the sun. You know what I mean? Like George Takei now, he's a, he's a social media icon, basically. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's on social media. He's, he can do whatever he wants to do now. You know, it, William Shatner is always going to have some show, reality TV, or he shows up on some movie somewhere. You know, he's always going to have that. You know, Leonard Nimoy had his swan song with the last Star Trek movie. You know what I mean? One of the last Star Trek movies. I mean, it's just, and I want to talk it, about him and um, the Alan Rickman character because that's a great his. Yeah, obviously so, he's clearly the the Spock parallel thing there. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I mean, we have there's a, there's a number of different things. I mean, like supposedly the movie was supposed to be much more violent when they first filmed it, and then they decided to kind of go the route of more comedic, but it was supposed to be much more violent. Um, and you know, it just, there's a whole mess of different things that happen, you know, like, like speaking of, go ahead, speaking about Alan Rickman. 
Well, I mean, well, I was going to talk about the characterization and how that's a parallel to Spock. That's what I was going to talk mm-hmm. about. Well, what I was saying was that one of the things that they talk about that is that like the, the way he's portraying, when you see him in the beginning of the film where he's like, by Grabthar's hammer, what a value or what a savings, right? What a savings. What a savings. Okay. Where he's clearly like, he is a talented actor with an amazing stage pedigree, right? He talked about how he's in Shakespeare and all of that. And yet the only thing he can now do apparently is portray this one character he played in this one series, you know, decades ago, quote unquote. And he hates it. That's the only thing people seem to know him for. And he sees it as a waste and all of that and all of that. Well, that was parallel with, with Leonard Nimoy in that, you know, he felt const- for a long time felt constrained by how people seem to only know him for Spock. Right. Um, and so like he felt that that, that severe and that, and that's probably true for a lot of, um, for a lot of genre, uh, actors, I guess, where they are become only really known for one role. Right. And, um, and then Michael Keaton for a long time was Batman. Well, yeah. And so like when that happens, like they become like kind of like pigeonholed as that character typecast and like no one wants to get them for it because they've become so in, you know, inextricably linked to that character that they can almost cannot get another role that's different from that character because people just know them and love them as that one character. Um, Anyway, and so to the point where there was a whole thing where he, you know, in the seventies, you know, he writes that there's that famous book of his he wrote called I Am Not Spock, where basically, um, it had this, well, it was this perception Nimoy had that basically when he wrote that book, I Am Not Spock, uh, he was basically rejecting the character. And a lot of fans took it as kind of like, a lot of Star Trek fans took it as kind of a, he is like, you're rejecting the character that made you known in the eyes of people. Like, if you want to be unknown, you could have been anything else, but now no one will ever forget who you are because you are the guy that played Spock and no one's ever going to forget that. And they saw it as that. And then what they saw is that when he wrote that book, that he was rejecting that character. Um, and that he was, you know, spitting in the face of all of fame and who knows whatever money he got from being Spock. Um, because he wants to separate himself from it. That came out in the mid seventies. Um, well, then later I mean, on, I can see that same thing from like Patrick Stewart, right? Because he was also and still is, you know, incredibly talented at far more things than just being Picard, you know? So it's, I think the difference between uh, Spock or Leonard Nimoy and Picard and Patrick Stewart was Patrick Stewart was already known as a Shakespearean actor. He had been on on stage for a long time in London. He had been in a lot of British movies and movies out in the out in the, across the pond, as they would say. So I think there was a difference when it comes to Leonard Nimoy. He had been mostly a character or a bit part in movies, and he wasn't really an established actor. And it really kind of set the stage for him with the show, and that's kind of why. But Patrick Stewart, he was already known in England as a accomplished actor. I mean, he had been in a, he'd already been in a, quite a few movies up until that point. I wonder so if I that's that just chalked up to being like, uh, having not only being really well versed and having lots of talents, obviously, but, you know, having a balance between, you know, what work you're going to take versus what work pays the bills, you know? Um, and I think, and I think, I think it's also the perception you have because I think because he was a stage actor, 
stage acting on stage can be very finicky and there could be time when you don't have work. So I think he kind of already had that frame of mind that, you know, there's a lot of actors that have that nowadays where they'll just do anything. They'll take any job. They don't really care because I mean, it really doesn't matter if it's a bad movie or not. It's a paycheck because they're always working. And a lot of actors now are known for that. Like you can always find them a position. They're always going to find a job because like, I mean, they're not going to like, they're, they're going to work in Hollywood. They're not going to work in some seedy underbelly of Hollywood, but I mean, like they're always going to find I mean, a job no matter how big or how small the P the, the part is. You that know what sounds I mean? like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still enjoy everything he's ever done, but Samuel L. Jackson is in everything. Yeah. But I mean, he's always working. Always working. Always got good roles. And I mean, some of them are great roles, but he's in everything. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, no, I mean, but I mean, that's the thing is that, I mean, I I think that was kind of Patrick Stewart's thing where he's got a role now in a syndicated television, which is what Next Generation was. It was it was just syndicated from the jump. And that's where you make your money is in syndication. And so he knew that if it took off, he was going to make quite a bit of money. It was going to be a good show for him and it would last a while. And it ended up being, was it like a three year mission? Goody, they said, they always said in the beginning, three year. Well, I think it's five year. Well, five year mission. mission. Was it a five year mission in next generation? Was well, it, like it ran for seven seasons? I believe it was. I think so. it was like the first, the first one was going to, they, they always had our, a three year mission. I think, or people correct me. I'm sorry. Are you I'll sure it's not me. just a, a three hour boat, boat tour? No, no, I don't Those think those poor people. That was such a perfect reference, too. Yeah, was it? Those poor people. <laughs> Just <laughs> they know like all of the the TV shows from that era. Yes. They've been watching them all, and they're all historical documents to them. So all those TV shows are stories. I dream of genie. Like, what do they even think of that? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like these people have such crazy people that live in this world. But no, but what I'm saying is that I mean. I mean, whatever the beginning was, once it got past that point, because it did, I think it was a four-year mission. So they originally probably had a, which nowadays you don't get that. Like, a, like a, they had a certain amount of years of syndication contracted. They had to make that amount of, of shows. That's what it was. And because it was a syndication, it didn't matter if it was put somewhere. I mean, it was it was a cheaply made show as it is. I mean, Next Generation was not a very pricey show to make. You could tell. Um, but they, 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 they were so good. Don't you dare trash talk that show. No, 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 no. And it was good. It was good for that reason because of that. And so for that reason, once they got past the four years and saw that it was a really good show, they just, they just said, instead of saying the four year or whatever, they would say in the beginning, our continuing mission. Yeah. The the whole five year mission thing, that's only the original series. Yeah. Next generation was saying it's continuing mission. Yeah, after that, after they hit that, because they did say something in the first few seasons, I don't know, whatever. Once they hit that benchmark, they would say it's con- our con- it's continuing mission. No, to no. seek out new life. Next generation was always it's continuing mission. No, I could have sworn it said that. Either way, the five year uh, mission thing is from the original series. Yes, yes. Okay, either way, they said it, but but it it was one of those things where they didn't know how long they were going to last, but it just kept going. And like Goody said, it lasted for seven seasons, which was fantastic. It was, they were oh, all, never wait, you're bad. right, you're right, you're right. I just looked it up just to yeah. check. You're right. Yeah. The Next Generation had the five-year mission, then they eventually changed it. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to point out, while you ladies are bickering back and forth, um, the, the, uh, I love you, the part of the, the movie where 
Justin Long, they, they call Justin Long because he's a super fan and they need help because uh, they don't actually know their show as well as the fans do. And he says, well, I've got the schematics for this, this, and this, but so-and-so has them at their house. Like he couldn't have them all on his computer at once. He had to break it up into parts so that they could share them. And it just made me think of when I first got a computer, the internet wasn't a thing <laughs> and, and, and it was hard to get onto it and you couldn't, you couldn't do anything. And I just thought it was funny because he's like, well, so-and-so has these schematics. Those are the ones you need. Let me go over to their house. And he runs down the street to get it, you know? But, but hold on a second. But did you notice he had video conferencing? I mean, wait a minute. Hold on a second, dude. Yeah. I mean, he had all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I mean, he's got like three monitors. And yet he and, couldn't have his buddy email him and, the schematics. <laughs> he couldn't exactly. have him email you the schematics. He, he only had enough room for the... For like the two floppy disks that would fit in his computer oh, at a time. You've got amazing video conferencing by those standards. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, to have. Apparently, but apparently you don't have enough storage space on your four megabyte RAM. Yeah. There, there you go. For the, the schematics of a, of a TV show uh, spaceship, you know? Yeah, exactly. My point <laughs> exactly. So like whenever oh. they, when that happened, I was like, wait, what? That's, that's, that's how you solve this issue of like, you're, you're, we need to draw out the ending a little bit, make it a little bit more, uh, uh, turmoil and, and issues to overcome. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to make up a computer problem that is literally from two decades at least prior to when this movie is supposed to take place. Yeah, dude. I think I, I thought that was great. And it was great because it showed, it showed, okay, and, and I'm going to do a little bit of a name drop. There's a kid who went to my high school. His name is Enrique Mesa, where nowadays he is a, he is a lawyer up in New Hampshire, an immigration lawyer. He's doing great work. He's doing awesome there. I, I, um, I, I'm so happy for him. And he is the biggest Trekkie I know. Goody, am I wrong? Well, I mean, I, my frame of reference is very old, so I didn't know he was still into it. Oh, he's still into it. Okay, he's, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. All right. He's put pictures on Facebook. So he's still a huge Trekkie fan. Uh, I think they just, I think he just recently, like, way few, like, a, maybe a year or so, he went, like, onto a convention or something locally. But either way, I think he took pictures with, like, Wim Shatner. I don't know. I got to look for it online. But either way, he, he's a huge Trek fan. I mean, he's a big pop culture guy, but he's always a huge Trek fan. And he, uh, and he and his family made a video. Back when there was a Star Trek experience in Vegas, oh, dude, it's the most embarrassing thing anybody could ever ask for. I mean, it was fantastic. They were like in a, on a spaceship and doing the lines. It was great. They all were. They all had Vulcan ears. It was amazing. But in any case, I mean, it yeah. sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> so I don't know what kind of parties you were into, dude. But I mean, let's let's just hold that, okay? Hey, hold look, that thought. My wife. In, okay, let me let me Wait a second. let me. Here we go. Okay. So are you are you wearing the Vulcan ears and do you wrap your feet with like hair so you guys can be hobbits? N- no. Wow. Not a thing. No. Wow. Um, well, it might be. But hey, never, as hey, much as I enjoy Star Trek, my wife likes it like three times more. And so oh, that's one of those things that I would do and enjoy. Realistically, yeah. I would enjoy it, but it would be more so for her and I would still have a great time. I would love oh, to do some shit oh, yeah. like that. I'm, I'm giving him shit, but it was, I mean, I'm sure they had a great time and who cares, man? It's fun. But what I'm saying is, is that the, uh, the aspect of, 
you know, the show and everything like that. I mean, God, where was I going with this? I had a point. Oh yeah. my God. I'm going to go back to my point. Yeah, you probably didn't. My, my point was that when I was, my point about Leonard Nimoy, going back to that was actually that Sorry. 20 years later in the mid 90s. 30 wrote, minutes ago. Yeah, dude. Uh, he wrote, I am Spock, where basically he addressed all those years. And it's one of those where, and I think a lot of the stars, and I don't want to make assumptions, but I'm going to make an assumption then, was that a lot of these stars that maybe at one point, like, did not like how they were inextricably linked to that character. Goody, we lost you. Oh shit, we Did lost you really? him. For real? Oh shit. Hello? It, it was, oh, he did so Hello? well today. He did so well. Mark down the time. So I already did. 8.57. 8.57. One minute and 30 seconds. Although I might just keep this in just for shits and giggles because, you know, like I said, you know, we just like Eli's on a double moment. <laughs> oh, Tomas. Tomas has to edit everything. Yes, it is me. I have to do that shit. Oh, fuck. All right. Should we give it a minute? Uh, yeah, just give him a minute, I guess. I don't know. Does he know? Does he know that we can't hear him? I don't know if he knows. Is he just talking? Probably know. should text him. Oh, okay. he, he just texted. Oh, goody. Oh, he just texted? Mm-hmm. I don't have my phone with me. Shit, where's my phone? Oh, here it is. Yeah, we're going to have to go out. And, oh, wait, wait. And I'm back. Hey. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, damn, dude. All right. What was that? I have no Look, idea, man. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to 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 sway sway, you know, our decisions here, but you know, down the road, whenever we start taking giant sponsorships and taking all these giant <laughs> deals, the first thing we spend money on is Goody's goddamn internet and computer. <laughs> you know what? I don't know, man. Because you know what? My signal was full the entire time. And then all I did was like disable, re-enable my internet connection, and it brought me back to you guys. So I don't know why that even happens in the first place. Like, I don't know what's going on. I really don't. I have no idea why it does that. Oh, at goody, all. Goody. You've made me license. We know a way for you to fix it. <laughs> quickly without us having to restart the recording that's a big deal that's a lesson learned yes well, maybe. all right as you were saying goody you were talking about spock we gotta go you got cut off the, again the point okay the, now I, I, i've been able to condense it the point is i think what he what he no no what i think what he did was he got that second book he addressed the concerns and the criticisms from star trek fans and he did what i think a lot of stars do when they get so inextricably linked with the character and then years down the line, they re, they reexamine and they realize that this character opened up a lot of doors for them and they kind of embrace and they appreciate now that what the character has done for them. And, and not only that, and maybe not just what they did for them, but what the character has meant to so many people for so long, you know? And so that's, and that, that's something that I think is really great when the star realizes that like beyond what it's doing for you and the paycheck and the royalties it's making, but when they realize that this character means so much to someone else and this character maybe even saves someone's life later on the line because they hear a line the character says and that makes them stop, you know, keeps them from making some kind of horrible life altering sure. decision, you know? Well, yeah, and and think- so, and, and that was great that he did that. He, he, he embraced it and that's why he did the whole, his second book came out like 20 years later was I am Spock. And that was, that was pretty cool. I did that. Yeah, I mean, I think I've seen a lot of scenarios where that kind of situation comes up and it's hard. I'm sure I can't speak from experience, right? But I'm hard. I'm sure it's, it's hard to 
take all of the good into account whenever all of the negatives are kind of weighing on you. Right. So I'm, I, I can see that perspective and I'm happy that, uh, I'm happy you did that second book because it kind of shows like full circle and coming all the way around, you know? Yeah. And, and you see that play out with the, the Alan Rickman character because when he's holding that person and he realizes how much that character meant to that guy and like may give him a whole philosophy of life and bravery and courage, like, he, it's just a much more condensed version of, it, but he realized the impact that that character makes on the people and has made on the people over the years and what that means for someone. So that was, uh, I, I loved how they did yeah. that. I love that. That's good. Yeah. So, so, so go ahead, go ahead, dude. What are you going to say, Derek? Well, I was just going to say, can we, can we shift to, uh, Sigourney Weaver and the solid 30 to 45 minutes that she walks around damn near topless? Oh yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> at her age, even at her age in that movie, you I mean fantastic, fantastic, I mean, absolutely she's, wonderful. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yep. I, yeah. I, I, I never, I never yeah, saw, her saw her as somebody you know, that I was like, yeah, she's hot. But until this, I was like, oh yeah, she's great looking. For her age, I mean, she's beautiful. She's and she's for she's, any she's age, Bebel. For any age, she's beautiful. I mean, even now, she was in uh, when she was in what's it called, The Defenders? Yes, sir. Oh, I didn't even see that. The oh. only other thing I can I can think of seeing her in were like obviously Avatar. Her, Avatar is obviously the Avatar one that I saw too. most recently. You know Avatar too. I'll, I'll take that in Avatar also. By the way, I finally saw Avatar for the first time like two months ago. What? I mean, yeah, it's it's a good movie. It, it is cool. a good movie. It's it cool. Good I liked movie. it. I can give you it's a solid good movie. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's that's all I wanted to point out. Like there, there was a lot of talent in here. And, uh, I mean, I'm all, I'm clearly, I think I've said it a couple times now, I'm a fan of Alec, Rick, Alan Rickman. So what about, what about Sam Rockwell in this movie? <laughs> Was it Guy Fleekman? Is that what his name is? <laughs> Guy Fleekman, also known as uh red shirt, number six, crewman, number six, yeah. red shirt. Yes. You know, red cause shirt you know, jokes. Because he was he was like the epitomization of the red shirt jokes in all the Star Trek, where in the old series you always knew who was gonna die yeah. first. It was the guys in the red shirts. If, if, <laughs> if they beam two main characters and three other red shirts down to the planet, those three red shirts are not making it back. And I thought that was funny that in the next generation they made the captains the red shirts. Was that in like congruence with that? I don't know. I don't know. I think it was funny. Well, it's just that's, that's actually I've never I've never seen the answer for that, and, and Star Trek yeah, fans could they could find out for us or tell me or explain it? Because I've, I've actually looked for this. Why it is that between Next Generation and original series, and including Enterprise, which is a prequel series, right? How like Command wore gold or yellow, but it's gold, and Security Engineering wore red. But when it came to Next Generation, I mean, I'm sure there's probably a technical reason for it, maybe with, with lighting or camera at work. I don't know. But what the in-canon, in-universe reason is why they changed that and command and um, security became – command became red and security engineering became gold. Like why exactly. they switched those colors. What was the switch? What was the switch? I have no or idea. Why they that? had to switch because now it's like yeah. – now all the leaders are red shirts, which is funny. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's why. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know that was funny when they made that change. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. The red shirts were cannon fodder in the original series. Well, that's why I love that. The the Star Trek meme where one of them is like, there's a picture of uh, Kirk 
uh, pointing off in this, and there's three red shirts, unnamed red shirts behind him. And the little words are like, dig three graves up there. I'll explain it to you later. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. I mean, little memes like that are great. I love those memes. Uh, But I mean, he was, he was, he was crewman number six, whereas he's saying crewman number six. But if you think about it, in all those shows, they always sent, like, and I always thought it was hilarious. Why would they send the main characters on to explore a planet? Send the regular people, but they always send the main characters. Yeah, they always like, do. Why is Captain Kirk with three randos checking out this planet? <laughs> and don't they understand that? I mean, then you wonder, like, okay, so how often do they get redeployments? Because people always die. On those yeah, they lose planets. half the crew every episode. <laughs> Seriously, like, I mean, half. The exploration team and they're is in gone deep the space minute, exploring. Gone. Like they're not in close reach. It's not a ten minute drive to restock. You know, staff. do they have like like do they have like 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 matrix pods or something? Are they just growing human beings there? No, I have. They're no all in like a frozen chamber. They're all little popsicles. <laughs> they're in. They're in. They're in frozen carbonite. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right next to Han and Greedo and Boba Fett. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and that random dude the Mandalorian picked up in the first episode. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> but no, I always thought, but the Sam Rockwell was hilarious. My favorite part in that movie is not is is not the part where he's just talking about crewman number six, which is fantastic. He's I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die here, you guys. I'm crewman number six. I always die. Uh, they always die. All that kind of stuff. And this is for real, so I'm gonna die. Well, and they said uh, it, it's the same episode. Did <laughs> you guys not watch your shows? Like that was great. But no, it's the part where he um when they land after being picked up in the pods, and then the three people, the three thermites come in, Thermians come in, and they don't have their their uh their vision or their form. Yeah, the generators make them look like they're human. Exactly. And they're like these weird tentacle things. And then when they bring up and then Jason Nesbitt has not seen them in their true forms at that point, thinking the commander Nesbitt has not seen them in their true forms yet. And he walks in and is like, what's going on? And obviously he just starts screaming in absolute terror. It's just like, ah! <laughs> just like yeah. dying. Dude. I was yeah. laughing my ass off. Oh no. And there was a line that I heard when they were on the world with the weird little carnivorous cannibals. Mm-hmm. Where Sigourney so Weaver go? Let's go before they think the boy before these things kill guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that. I was like, "Oh shit, that's amazing! That is amazing!" Or, but- um, oh, 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 what I've always loved was when that part with um when they have to go into the bowels of the ship and it's the chompers, right? The little ching ching. Uh-huh. That's like yes. that's a time it just right. And mm-hmm. she's like pointing out, like, why is this even in here? What what purpose does this serve? Like, I, I love the writers should be killed for making an episode like this. Like, it's perfect. He's like, exactly. Why would your ship have even a, a mechanism like that in it that's going to kill you in any cause? Yeah, that you have exactly. to walk through perfectly timed to get to the other side. No, there can't just be a corridor. You got nine million suites where people just sleep, and you couldn't put a corridor somewhere. Yeah. What about that huge? It reminds barrier? me of um. You guys have ever seen that movie? Obviously, changing tone a little bit. The movie Event Horizon. Um, yes. Well, I think it was like their, their whatever the their driver ray or their I'm using Star Trek words now for, it, but whatever they used <laughs> to power their ship was this their huge sphere. Yeah, I don't know their driver ray or their their uh really <laughs> their core. I don't know, but it's like it was this massive, like bladed looking 
like horrible death trap. I don't know if you guys remember that in the movie. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, like it's, it's sort of, I remember looking at that and I'm thinking, who would design, like, why is your engine of your ship covered in knives? Like, why is it doing that? It's like, oh, let me go fix it. But it's like, it's sort of like someone's trying to fix the garbage disposal, make sure all the power is off because the last thing you want is I think to grind up your hand. That's what the yeah, entire thing was. Somewhere they dock that ship and someone goes in there to sharpen them. That's their job. Yes. Like yes. while it's off, they're sitting there just let me sharpen these blades that don't serve a purpose. Make sure the power's me, off. The the the, the, the ship's engine blades. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's like if we had like oh we had evolved and like oh what are these knee blades for? Well, when we run, we have blades coming out of our knees. Yeah, but what are you using them for? I don't know. If it, it, maybe if someone gets in front of me and I cut them, I have no idea. Knee blades. Knee blades. An interesting. That's it. They're knee yes. blades. No, no, no. You have knee blades. Why are you weird without your knee blades? What? Another thing I liked in the movie was, uh, to, of, of course, Tony Shalhoub's character was he was amazing. I mean, that's one of the best characters ever because he seemed always seemed like he was high. There was a scene where there's a part where Sam Rockwell goes, "Are you high?" Like just when he talks to him, he's just like, "Yes, he is always he's always just too relaxed." Yes, exactly. And there's a scene where everything's falling apart behind everything's him. Everything's on fire, right? Everything's on fire. He's like, hey, guys, I was talking to the boys here, and I was thinking that maybe we should just tone it down a little bit. I think it's, you know, they're saying that, you know, if we keep going at this speed, we're just, you know, it's going to fall apart. So you know, let's keep it down on the speed. <laughs> we, need to, we need to lower it down, and uh, we, we should be okay, okay? Yeah. And then, and then they talk about, hey guys, you know, the whole thing happened. The brothers, and then they had a great idea. He's like, but my boys were thinking that, you know, there's one nearby. And they're like, yeah, they're, all right, man. He's like, good job, guys. Come on, bring it in. Let's bring it in. He's like, you got another one, guys. Good job. <laughs> and one of them is Rain Wilson is one of the three guys that are with him. They have those token characters, right? Like they've got the one that calls in from the falling apart you know, engineering, oh, we need to slow down, blah, blah. But then you got Sigourney Weaver who just reiterates everything the ship says so that she can issue commands on behalf of the captain. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I always wondered if one of the things she was going to say was like, uh, the computer says we're fucked. I was like, I was waiting for them to come out. Well, no, there. if you noticed in the scene with the chompers, she sees the scene with the chompers, she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and they, they they dubbed her voice, and she said, "What the hell?" Like that. But you can see in her lips, she said, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> it was just—it's just such a comedic character. I mean, granted, it—it—it's it, it, there for a reason, right? Like Star Trek did some of the same shit, right? I got it. I, I believe I understand it. But it's just when do you accentuate it that much? It's just absolutely hilarious. It's it's fucking gold. I mean, it's absolute fucking gold. Uh, I mean, there's I mean, there's there's, there's a few other things. I mean, just the the uh, okay the um, oh, what about when Saris says my lieutenant couldn't and he just picks up the head on the stick? Oh yeah, my my what lieutenant didn't uh, turn on the shields as fast as I'd liked him to, so he's been demoted. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a sword or something. Yeah, it's like it's crazy. And who thought of? I would love to know who thought up the Thermians should move super blocky, like just, just like. I mean, and then like the way they walk and the way they clap and the way they. Ah, 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 just, well, like, because I mean, they're like they're like tentacled squid octopus people. 
right? And yeah. like they don't even necessarily if they're like, have much in the way of joints. And now that they know what they're supposed to look like, they kind of have to act like they have joints and then it's weird for them. And when they laugh, like, oh, blah, blah, that weird. Think about it. These are people that like, they're like, their voice is like liquidy sounding is what I imagine. Yeah. So when they laugh, that's what it sounds like for them. I think the but funniest then, part about all this though is like they're, they, they wear these, you know, whatever cloaking things that make them look like they're humans, right? Cause they normally look like a giant octopus or a giant squid or whatever. And yet they designed a ship to be flown and navigated and, and used by humans, right? So none of those controls fit their tentacles. They have to stay human looking to be able to even use this thing. Exactly. Historical document. It's a historical document. I mean, I just don't, I just don't, I mean, it'd be like me buying a house that was designed for somebody that was four foot two. It just doesn't make sense. When you think Unless about you want the, to live like that person exactly as they live, then you would adjust yourself. When you think of the historical documents, do you think I of... I, I, wonder, I, can't be dealing with that. I wonder if they've seen like shows like, I don't know, um, you know Hawaii Five-0, where it's just hard-nosed detectives. I don't know if that's part of it. I have no idea. I can only imagine what they've seen on that as a fucking... Well, I'm trying to think, think about Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> you know, that's the other <laughs> Nazis are funny guys. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. So <laughs> <Jesus> bad. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, what about Hogan's Heroes? Like, uh. Jesus. Yeah, dude, for real. Like, like, oh, I love China Beach. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Well, I, I feel like their frame of reference is a little earlier than China Beach, to be honest. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, well, that movie. I mean, I mean, it's 99 was the movie, Goody. So, oh, who knows, wait, maybe? true. What? Not even that, but like the, the show, I think. Like the Galaxy Quest quote unquote series, I think was like broadcast 80s. in the eighties or something, right? Yes, like 80s yes, show. Like, so there we go. Like, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they do have that. I have no yeah, idea. Somebody somebody send me a list of movies. I'm sorry, TV shows that would have been aired at the same time as Galaxy Quest would have been aired. And we'll see just how, uh, how weird. Mork and Mindy. I can give you one right now, buddy. Right there. Uh, oh Boom. God, but that's such a good show. <laughs> nano, 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 nano. Is it really, or is that your nostalgia tinted glasses? Is that um, is that does that show live in the Thundercats effect? I think I, it's okay. So I have seen an episode within the last two years, and, and? it was good. It was okay. good in the right. same way that I like. If I were to watch um, Thundercats, sh- no, <laughs> God, I'm blanking now. The Fawns. Uh, Happy Days. Happy Days. Happy Days. Which yeah. is a spin-off, which was a, which Mork and Mini exactly. spun off from. Right. Yes. So if I were to watch Happy Days, it does still hold up, though very dated. It's a good show. It's it's a nice way to pass the time. Um and I, Mork and Mini really fits well within that mold. It's 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 dated, but it's good. Okay. All right, I'll buy that. Sure, I'll take your I'll buy that. I, I, I'll buy that for a dollar. I hold your opinion, oh man, in high regard. So all right. Yeah, for a dollar. Yeah. Here's 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 I was um here's one thing that I noticed in the movie and I was like, huh, because it was another Star Trek throwback. Was the scene when they crashed into the actual Comic Con? It reminded me of the scene when they landed in Star Trek Four, like <laughs> like they just crashed into the world, like into the Earth of the twenty fourth century or whatever. It just reminded, and the way they came out of the ship reminded yeah, me. Of Star Trek. Okay, so if you haven't seen it, there was a Star Trek movie where 
they have oh, to go the voyage, back time. The voyage they home? Yeah. yeah. Voyage home where they landed and when they, they when landed they came on Earth of the nineteen eighties to get like the whales yeah. or something. Yeah. Yes, and they, and then, but the way they landed in the Earth of the twenty fourth century after they brought the whales with them, the way they came out of the ship was literally the way they came out of the ship in Galaxy Quest. It's like oh, I, I saw that scene and legitimately only had one thought: this giant fucking spaceship <laughs> has landed and plowed through a building. And no one is scared. No one it's is worried. Show, Everyone's assuming it's amazing special effects, and I was all part of it. <laughs> There's got to be dead people everywhere. Are you yes, kidding me? Yes, well, well, as soon as they like go outside to their parking lot and they see their cars have been destroyed, and there's like the horrible <laughs> mass of twisted like metal and flesh. When they realized outside. that it wasn't like prop blood that had been splattered exactly. all across oh. them. And yet, and, and yet, you know, with that Granny sudden, that sudden to come out, you know, it's one of those things. Dude. Well, and that sudden realization that maybe UFOs exist, they still create a sequel series for Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Jeez. With, with, with um, um, uh, Malia or um, Mialia, whatever her name was. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he shows up on the show now, too. Yep. So. And Guy Fleekman. Guy Fleeman as as security chief, what's his name? Rock Ingersoll, like, which was funny because you remember because it, it was the it was the revival series and it was the same thing in Star Trek because in in the original series they didn't have a security person, they just had the red shirts that were either they oh were security, yeah that's right they didn't have a security chief or anything yeah that, nobody cared about security yeah because in Next Generation the first one was with uh, Tasha Yar yep. She was the first security chief, and then it was Worf after that. Yep. But, but I mean, they didn't have a security chief character in the original series. Yes, you had security because, you know, Captain would call security to the bridge, and the red shirts would just come piling in and grab people. And die. But, and die on explorations because they were just cannon fodder. That's what they were built for. Um, but, you know, on, on Next Generation, you had all of a sudden you had an actual character that was a security mm-hmm. chief. You know, it was just one of those. I thought it was hilarious that he just shows up and he's on the revival. He's there, but yeah, well, they all they all just lived through this traumatic experience, and they're probably all writers now on the new show because they've got all this ammunition to use to to write new content. You know, for the next season. That's that's a very nice way of looking at things. Um, can but I just point out that Ceres and uh, and the Thermians, since they're on the same planet, they, they were basically like divergent, evolved species from the same planet, right? If I if I remember that right, and I yes, understand yes. it, like one guy became one group became shrimps, and one group became um, like squid. And all I thought to myself was like, both are delicious options. <laughs> <laughs> Whether grilled or fried, they are delicious. Oh, all around! Like I'm like I'm gonna eat both of those people. Yes. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go to their planet and trap them. And like, yeah, they're sentient species. They're probably like feelings and families and personal histories. But it's time to eat. Daddy's got to eat, and I and I want to devour a thermian. Never before have I ever thought the sentence. Those are good people to eat. Dude, have you ever seen the movie you know Ravenous? What? Humans first, man. Humans first. Oh god, dude. I mean, have you ever seen the movie Ravenous? It just brings you power, dude. Bro, you eat I watched Ravenous. <laughs> I watched Ravenous, and that first scene when he was like, after he got out of that pile of corpses, and he was at yes. the, the base, and they're cutting up the the steak or whatever. Yes, my mouth actually just watered at the thought of it, <laughs> and I thought to myself, that looks delicious. That like. <laughs> Medium yeah. rare steak that he's eating or something, man. It was awesome. 
It's a, it's a great movie. I think it's one of those very under, underappreciated motion pictures, dude. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, that was, yeah, cause, you know, a, a, a nice grilled octopus with some lemon and some garlic. And his divergent species cousin, the shrimp, delicious. Delicious. On a grill or even a little bit of vegetables, making a pincho. Oh, buddy. Making it work. Oh, goodness. Okay. So. I think so. Anyways, I think I think we've basically beat this horse. As Wait, whoa, possible. whoa, whoa! One fun fact I discovered. Fun fact, fun fact: the young Laredo was Corbin Blue. Oh yes, I saw that too in my IMDb rabbit hole. <laughs> well, because when I was I was watching the cast because I'm like watching the cast. I'm like, man, let me look at the cast. Da, da, da. I'm like, Corbin Blue. Wait a second. Wait, who yes. is this? Google that guy. Yeah, the guy from High School Musical. He played the young version of Cor- of uh, Laredo in the original yeah. in the original series and all that. That was pretty yeah. cool. I know you know High School Musical. He's he's a he's a Zac Efron's friend in High School, High School Musical. Yeah, the yeah. I mean, yeah. I think he's done a couple things since then. He also released yeah. his own solo album, which was actually not all that bad if you like that stuff. But anyway, yeah, that's wait, awesome. Well, we're just gonna gloss wait, over wait, that. Wait a second. Whoa, 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 we're just gonna gloss whoa, whoa, over whoa, whoa, that. Whoa, whoa. I'm not going to gloss over anything right now. (laughs) I heard that comment as well, and I'm about to continue down that rabbit hole in a heartbeat. So let's talk about that album there, uh, Derek. Oh, gosh. I don't even remember what it was called. I'm going to have to look it up now. Um, (laughs) Yes. As his heart beats faster. As his heart beats faster. He's trying to to crab walk out of this conversation so quickly. I'm trying to Google like a freaking fanatic to find the name of this album. I don't remember what it was called. All right, all right. Let's just move on. Corbin Blue, talented actor, talented singer, talented dancer. He is. He's great. So that was cool. I was in that. That was cool. I was in that movie. So yeah. I saw that. I was like, holy shit. I mean, there was so many people. Like, Like the dude who was Teb. Like a second in command of the ship with the other dude, the guy from the, the Thermians, um, Mathazar, and he had that second guy Teb. Yeah, that dude was the was the recruiter from Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Holy crap! <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, there, there's a ton of movie and ton of people in this movie that just just show up uh, as they as the as the years have gone by. It's does great. Anybody, I, I, does anybody associate like Tim Allen as like a, a, a childhood? TV star, or is that just me? What? What do you mean, childhood TV star? Oh, like Home Improvement? Like you just like I grew up watching him on TV in everything. Uh, that's just you, I think. <laughs> okay, that's fine. No. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean yeah. it's not me. I, I mean, I, he was in Home Improvement. He did this movie, but my memory of him is not of like I saw him growing up. Maybe, maybe it was, I'm older I don't than even you. know. Maybe it was just Home Improvement. I feel like I've. I've I love Tim Allen and almost everything he's ever been in, but he's not in all that much. I mean, he was, I mean, when we knew him in the nineties, we were already like, after he was already on the show, but we had already, I had already kind of known that he was a raunchy comedian at that point. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. Good point. He was already known as a very raunchy comedian. The one person that I always got surprised when I found out he was raunchy was Bob Bob Saget. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? That guy is filthy. He is filthy. (laughs) You know, but but they've always had a list of, you know, the the, the top, you know, top 10 raunchiest comedians of all time. Tim Allen's always one of the top 10, along with uh, Bob Saget and uh, what's his name? The one from the 80s. Um, uh, That was good. Bobcat huh? Goldblatt? Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison. That guy was awesome. I love how he screams in the mic all the time. <laughs> You're going to you know, have a I, stick. 
You gotta have a stick. You know, you know, he screams in the mic. You know, Gallagher blows up watermelons. I mean, there's always one thing. Yep. You always have yep, yep. one thing. Okay. And Bobcat Goldway, who doesn't talk like that, talks like that on purpose. So, hey, what can you say? So. Top shelf, anybody? No, no. We got to give our ratings here. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Ratings. Go ahead. Uh, Goody. How do you rate this movie? Um, I don't want to say 10 because I'm averse to saying 10. But it's I'm, I'm, my rating is it's almost close. ten. I love this movie a lot. I love this yeah, movie so much. I really do. From all the different the different um, connections it makes to real life, how they adapted stories from the stars from Star Trek. Uh, I, I, I call it. I, I'm I'm gonna give it just because I want to give. I don't want to give a ten. It's a nine point ninety nine. Saris's second in command, severed heads type oh, rating. That's what I'm gonna give gosh. it. Our first ninety nine point nine. I love this. I, I honestly, I love this movie. So when that was what it was, I was like, "Oh man, I am all in. Let's do this." Yeah, when Goody, 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 we were talking. I told Goody, Goody, had you figured one out? He's like, "Oh no, I can't think of any G's." And I sent him Galaxy Quest. And he's like, "There it is. That's it." That's yeah, it. was that my easy? Beat faster, your brother, to pull your head out your ass. <laughs> my my heart beat faster. My blood circulated to my eyes and my brain. I'm do? like perfect. What you do as the older sibling, bro. Hey, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I enjoyed the movie. All right. Uh, should I go next? Go right ahead, bro. So I feel like for anything to be above a nine and a half to a 10, it has to be a beloved film, one you can't go without, right? Which gives merit to why a 99 or a 9.999 is, is Goody's uh, rating here. Galaxy Quest for me, I thought was a great film. I enjoyed it. It's not one that I just can't go without seeing. It's also one that I could recommend to somebody. I could tell them that they will enjoy it. But you also don't absolutely have to see the movie in my book. So I'm going to give it a 7.8. I think Woody's head just exploded. I think that's the lowest rating you've given anything that we've no. had on the podcast. No. And uh, I will find you. I have a specific set of skills. I don't know who you are. I don't know. <laughs> when you said that number, I literally, I could hear Goody's brain just pop right there. Not seven, seven, seven point. That's okay. You can't even say it. You can't even say the number. What was it's, the number again, Derek? 7.8. So, 7.8. 7.8. Oh, shit. That's not even a real number. That's not even. I want mathematicians to. To uh, contact social media pages of this of our podcast and prove to me seven point eight is a real number. I don't think it is. <laughs> Everyone knows it goes seven point seven, seven point nine. What is this eight that you speak of? Green doesn't recognize the number zero as an actual zero. Like he doesn't think it's a number either. I mean, what number is that? I mean, screw the Mayans for making that up. I mean, so, look, was it the Mayans though? I literally, <laughs> it's it's you can't. So I thought a lot about this. You can't. No, you can't clearly you that. haven't. Clearly you have not thought about that. <laughs> Look, okay. So here's here's my here's my thing. You can't assume that a seven out of ten is like a seventy out of a hundred, which in school is yeah yeah you can. That's how math failed. works. No, no, it's not the same. When I point when I when I when I grade things on a scale of one to ten, I'm talking about like is it an absolute must or is it something you should avoid or is it a meh film, right? To me, something you should avoid is south of a five, right? 
Something you absolutely have to see is above an eight. All right, I I can see your your reasoning where it stands. It's shaky ground. But no, I can no, see it. in all of seriousness, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I get no, that. Yeah. This is I one of those it. movies. I think this is one of those movies that like because I mean, I'm a I'm a big Star Wars and Star Trek fan. So like when you're a Star Trek fan, this movie means that much more and is that much funnier because it's yeah, it is. No, I get it. It's, it's cool. It feeds cool. it feeds into that into that fandom. You know what I mean? Like that's what the movie does. It literally just feeds into the Star Trek fandom because there's you know, so much. That's just it's just a, a love letter to it. That's something that's so funny to me, though. Like you guys have said that this is a, and and I I, I agree with you. It, it's it's a love letter to, to Star Trek, right? I totally understand that. I've seen this movie, I don't know, ten or fifteen times before we recorded this episode, and I never once thought of it as anything towards or related to Star Trek. I just thought of it as a sci-fi film. I never really? made that association. Really? Maybe that maybe really? that's why it hit home. Wow. Oh, cool. Okay. That should give it a, that that really should give it an eight point five. Just for that reason. No, I'm just kidding. I'm fucking around with you, bro. I'm fucking around with you. Wow. No, no, I mean, I mean risk I of not see. being on next week's episode, I'd be willing to give you an eight point five. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, because uh, Goody Goody has this particular set of skills that I mean, he uses. <laughs> next week where you'll be able to hear my head. On a snake, jabbing along next to us. I will be contacting the person on Fiverr, and I'll be making that uh, picture change on our uh, podcast. Oh gosh! All right, (laughs) Thomas, what's your rating? uh, Okay, my rating on this movie is—it's not a nine point nine because Goody really loves the movie. I'm going to give the movie honestly like an eight point five. I love the movie; it definitely feeds into the fandom. I love the aspect of it. For me to get past a nine per se, it has to be something that I think is is like definitely well worth the watch. I will definitely recommend this to anyone, and it's definitely a movie that I will watch if ever it's on. So for me, an eight point five is a solid rating for this motion picture, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I don't disagree with you. I wouldn't kill you over this. Please, Goody, don't hunt me down. <laughs> just, it was, you know I what? Knew you I'll let that this... number. As soon as you said that number, I swear to I'll God, dude. I, 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 I heard Goody's head just explode. I mean, I heard it from here. There was steam coming out of his ears. I could hear his teeth gritting. <laughs> he was muted, and I just I could hear him saying, what the fuck? Just, <laughs> it's like that scene in four rooms when Tim Roth is like pointing at the, the dead, the dead, the, the, dead the, the dead body in the mattress. Yes, it's just like, vomits coming out of my mouth. One point. I'm, I'm, I'm almost half a point off of Tomas's rating. Right? Is it that far off? God, uh, Eric, I have a particular like, set of skills. I'm, I'm trapped on thin ice. I need to shut up now. No, no, no. We're good, dude. It's, it's hilarious, but it was fun. But anyways, um, Top all right. Shelf? So now we've done our ratings. Top shelf. You go ahead, Derek. Oh, okay. Well, uh, what if I said I've got two? Am I allowed to have two this week? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Do it. Go ahead. Okay. Hit us up. So, uh, well, hold on. I'm going to preface one thing before I get into my two top shelf. Um, I found an app. It is also a website. Everybody should check this out. Um, it's called Just Watch. Um, it's kind of like IMDB, but it's focused around, you can plug in a show or a movie and it'll tell you how to watch it. If it's on Netflix, if it's on Hulu, if you can stream it from Amazon, whatever. So if we mention shows or movies, as we go through these episodes, 
check out Just Watch. You can find out how to watch it, where it's available to purchase, or just stream, like if it's on Hoopla or whatever any of those other streaming sites are out there. It's called Just Watch, literally at justwatch.com. Anyway, on to the things, the two things I picked. Um, the first one is a bit of a throwback, uh, and I'm sure I've mentioned it a handful of times already. It's one of my all-time favorite animes, but I wanted to mention it. Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. I was going through my top shelf ratings to make sure that I wasn't doubling up on anything. And I realized I hadn't brought up this show. And this is a show that I literally would watch. It, like if you, if you were stranded on an island with one show, this is the one I would bring. It was Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. It's got two seasons, 26 episodes apiece. Fantastic show. It's dubbed. You can get uh, get it. I think it's like uh, been remastered at 1080. So it's it's a great show. Um, and it's not even really that old. I think it's from the, gosh... Man, maybe the 80s, 90s, something like that. Probably in the 90s. Anyway, um, that's my first one. And I think, Tomas, have you, I don't know, he might have seen it. I, has anybody seen this before? No, Tomas, anybody? Nope. Nope. I have Which, not. Movie again? Which movie again? Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's from 2002. I was wrong. Anyway, so I wanted to do a throwback just because, like, that's the one that really roped me in with anime. I saw that move, that show, and that's the reason I'm into anime now. Anyway, um, now on to a more serious, more modern, what I would probably have picked as my main top shelf this week. Has anyone seen the show Food Wars? It's an anime. I have seen the, heard the, it. the title, but I haven't watched it actually. Never okay. Heard it. Let me preface this with, you should watch the first episode without anyone underage around you. And there's a reason for it. It's essentially a, a, a show about a kid who goes through culinary school. But his food is so good that it makes people essentially orgasm when they eat it. And so... Sounds like a good time. It's very... If you were only listening to the audio, it would sound like you were listening to a porno. I can tell you that for sure. Um, but the show has a really good story. And those little scenes where it gets kind of risque or only, you know, a minute or two of the whole show. Um, it's on Netflix. It's been dubbed. You should check it out. I'm hooked on it right now. And I'm probably going to rush my way through like the next, I don't know how many seasons there are. But I mean, I'm about to watch every bit of it because that show is absolutely fantastic. Watch the very first episode of the first season. You'll know if you like it or not. All right. All right. That sounds good, dude. All right. Cool. Anyway, those are my two. Well, actually, uh, maybe standalone, standalone complex is actually a question I've always I've wanted. I never looked into it myself because what's this? I don't know. I guess I had the internet in my pocket, but I didn't actually ever look. Is it a sequel to the original movie? Is it a retelling of it? Is it prequel? Is it even related to the original film? Ghost in the Shell, um, or so there's a recurring theme throughout all of the Ghost in the Shell series, and it literally follows that name, Ghost in the Shell. Um, the concept is like your ghost is your your personality, your spirit, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they've modernized so much that you know much of the body, some of the the team members on the team in, in the show are entirely prosthetic. Um, they're all mechanical. It's, it, they look human, right? They look and feel human, but they, you know, they got super strength because they're all machine, right? And their consciousness has been loaded into the shell. And the idea is that once your consciousness 
is digital and it can be downloaded and transferred, why can't it just go onto the internet and live on there, right? And that's the standalone complex. Like once you're disembodied and only live in a machine, who cares what machine you're in? You could be in the internet for that matter and you'd still have this standalone complex. That's the concept behind. That's like the overarching theme of all of the Ghost in the Shell movies. Um, but yes, the uh, the movies did come out before the TV series. Um, gosh, you're going to make me guess now, but I, I know that Ghost in the Shell started long before that. It was probably in the 80s. Well, I know that, but that's what I'm saying. Is like, Is it like a sequel series? Like if I watch the movies... They carry, maybe is it a sequel yeah. series to the movies or are they completely disconnected from the films? So, okay. They just like use the characters and expand on stuff in the manga more. I don't know. Um, it's, it's just each of these it often just writes into the same universe, different experiences by the same characters in the same universe, but not necessarily, um, you know, as to like we're dealing with the same villain or something like that. Okay. Um, so it's almost like, it's like, it's not a sequel. Well, it, what it is is that it's sort of like, oh, the movies were this day or time in the life of these characters. The series are also later that year in April. It's kind of like the idea, right? Just continuing yeah, adventures exactly. in that universe with these people who are police officers, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. They're they're uh, they're part of. Yes, that's that's dead on, right? You're you're seeing different glimpses and parts of their lives when they overcome certain obstacles. Um, and, and some of the, you know, depending on how you want to watch it. So I, I would probably suggest you watch it in the order that it was released, not necessarily it's chronological order. Um, because there's like the arise series is like, uh, the major, uh, the main character, Motoko Kusanagi is like her early years when she's part of a different military force and she technically doesn't own her own body, it was given to her and loaned to her by the military, right? So lots of different things that you start seeing, like how these characters become who they are whenever you get to the later series where you can see them, you know, honed their skills, badasses in their industry and whatever they do. Okay. Yeah, absolutely worth seeing. Uh, but if you're going to start somewhere um, just to see if you like it, check out Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Um, a lot of dialogue, a lot of, um, make sure, honestly, if you're going to, if you're going to dip your toes in the water, watch the dub version. I, I love the original, but there's so much dialogue. It's really hard to keep up with if you're reading subtitles. So, uh, get, get the dub version and check out, see what you think. And the dub version is pretty solid. Like the translation is pretty solid. Like you, you're absolutely yeah, good. Okay. Absolutely. You did a good job with it then. Good. Cool, man. So just don't watch the Netflix version. That's basically what you're saying. Uh, that's the new one. That's the, that's the brand new one. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I just I know, I know he's not a big fan, so I just like watch to- everything else first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I've, I haven't seen Standalone Complex, and I've always had that in the back of my mind to watch. So I'm probably going to start taking a look at that. And I mean, I, I mean, just yeah, it just it's just uh, it's, it's like definitely on my on my bucket list of things to watch. So for sure, but good good call, man. That's a good one. That's a good poll. Yep, yep. Th- those are my two. So Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex series from 2002, and then Food Wars, Food Wars, which is uh, I think they're still putting out new episodes of it. So. All right, cool, cool, cool. And is that on Netflix? Or is it, what, 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 where are you watching that? So Food Wars is on Netflix. Um, if you ah. want to watch it, that, that they've got a good dub, and, and it's it's easy to watch. And, and 
it's a great show. Um, Ghost in the Shell right now, I'm looking at that website I was talking about, Just Watch. Uh, it looks like it's only available to stream on a series or a, a site called Fubo TV. Um, I, I don't know what that is, but you can watch it there. You can also just download it and pay for it on Apple TV, Amazon, uh, Google Play, Vudu, all of them. Sounds good. Bebel, what's your top shelf? Uh, good, you, you go, you go, because I want to talk about mine, so go ahead. You don't want to talk about yours. No, I do want to talk about mine. It's a really bad top shelf. It's like middle. No, no, good, All good, right. good. Well, anyway, my top shelf, as always, I'm bringing up with the video games. And it's actually one I started since we lasted the episode. And I think I'm close to finishing because I've just been barreling through it. Cause I got to get it done. It is a game called, older game called Sleeping Dogs. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that game. Oh, I know that, that game. game. Yeah. All right. Sleeping Dogs. Uh, I, this, it's one of the many games that I have bought more than once because I wanted to play it in a different console or whatever. So I did buy it. I, I think at some point I got like a version of it back when it first came out for the PlayStation 3 back in 2012 when it came out. Um, actually no, I didn't, I didn't buy it then. I had it on, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that service or used it ever called Gamefly. Um, I got oh, it on yeah. Gamefly and I, I use, I, I used to use Gamefly a lot. I used Gamefly for, for, for quite a few years, actually. Like, like six or seven years, I was using Gamefly. Uh, and that was one of the games I got in Gamefly, and then I returned it eventually, right? And then when it came out for PS4, because the game came out originally in 2012 for PS3. And then in 2014, it came out for PS4, what they called, they called the Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition, uh, which is basically like what you expect from, from it sounds like that. Remastered for the PS4, all the DLC, all the stuff for it. Uh, came out in October twenty. Came out in twenty fourteen. Uh, I I gotta get it, and I think I I bought it. It was like probably on a really cheap price. Uh, when I first got it, uh, played it for a while, like by anything else back then. Um, uh, and then I stopped playing it. If you don't know that, if you don't know that game, it's basically, it's it's you play um a guy. His name is Wei Shen. Which by the way, it's it's, it's got an amazing cast. It takes place. What is it? It takes place in twenty twelve. It's uh Hong Kong, and you play. Uh, an under, uh, well, a, a San Francisco PD detective, uh, originally from Hong Kong, moved to, to, to the U.S. when he was younger, was raised in the U.S., spent a lot of time in the U.S. and then went back. He goes on loan to, from SFPD to the Hong Kong Police Department, uh, to become a deep, like, undercover, um, uh, operative into the triads, one specific triad, uh, called the Sunan Yi. And all the stuff that comes with the drama with it, come with it. It's really, really great. Uh, great fighting, great driving. Um, the depiction of Hong Kong is like really, really amazing. It's really, really good. Um, I mean, Goody, why, why, why would, why would they even need to do that? Don't you know triads are just social clubs? I mean, that's all they are. Yeah. I mean, all they do is just play dominoes together, right? No, they play mahjong. There's no, there's no, there's nothing nefarious happening there, right? So anyway, so it was really, really cool. <laughs> it's a really great game. Um, lots of fun. I love it. Um, and I said I hooked into it. Well, the funny thing is that I decided I don't even know what made me want to like just re-download it into my PS4 to play it again. I probably heard it on some like website, on some like um, you some video, I guess. Some guy talked about it, so I'm like, oh, let me try it. And then when I re-downloaded it, I never deleted my save file, right? Because you never do that because they don't take much space on your hard drive. And I saw my save file when I re-downloaded it, I had not played. The last time I had saved the game before that point was November 
I think it was probably like November of 2014 was the last time I had played that game. Man. And then when I got it, of course, what did I do? I started all over again from scratch because I want to experience the entire story again. And I think I'm over. I'm, I'm almost done with it. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's got a lot, a great depiction of the city. Um, it's got. Oh, if you if you if you look up the cast for the game on IMDb, you're going to see a oh, lot man. of Chinese and Chinese American like actors you see in other stuff. They've got like, they've who, got a great it, cast. In it, Emma so Stone is actually Bill, in it as a character. Bill Lee. Are you serious? Yeah, so the same guy who plays Takeshi Kovacs in Altered Carbon. The original version, yeah. Will Yun Lee, he's in there for sure. Well, he, well, Will Yun Lee, he's like a he's like a big time Hong Kong star too. Like he's in a lot of well, Hong Kong. They have a bunch of them there. You'll see just look it up. You see a bunch of different, like, you know, like I said, Chinese and Chinese American actors over the years, like are in that move or in that game as 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 voices of some of the ma- major characters. Like it's 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 awesome. Kelly Hu, holy shit! Yeah, dude, don't look it up, man. Kelly Hu, Ian right? Anthony Hill. I mean, Byron Robin Man, Robin Show, which I remember he him has from. It's um, over the most important one. Who? Lucy Liu. Lucy Liu's in this? Yeah. I didn't even see her. Oh, I haven't gotten to her yet. That's why I'm, I'm going down the list. Dude, I'm holy so shit, so. I remember when this game came out. Um, for me, it was like touted as what you're going to play whenever you finish um, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto, yeah. And, Holy shit, Tom Wilkinson? What the fuck? It, it definitely lived up to it. I played it, gosh, I didn't dive into it, honestly. I played it for a little bit. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I don't know why I didn't stick with it, though. It's, I mean, well, any other people, too, like, if you're looking at this cast, you see, um, who is it? Um, where is he? Robin Show. He was Liu Kang in the in the um in the Mortal Kombat films and he's in this. Uh oh, there's dude. actually this one character, one actor which who was nobody back then and he was actually probably was really young. But it's one Ozric Chow, which I don't know if you've ever seen him in anything yeah, he's else. The, he was in Supernatural for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So like it's 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 quite an Emma Stone plays actually if you play the game, Emma Stone is like a nobody character in this. But um it's 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 a really I don't want to say nobody, but like still, it's, it's, it's a really phenomenal cast. Um, great depiction of the city, great depiction, and it's a lot of fun. And it's like, yeah, it's like Grand Theft Auto, um, where you have like, you know, you can, it's tons of different con- kind of cars and, and it's, 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 uh, it's a lot of fun. And so that's what I've been playing. I think I'm almost done with it. And the storyline is great. Like the storyline is great with like the deep cover operative who like goes into this gang and he's rising to the ranks, but you see him like, getting connections with people and when he's like now he's like starting to feel loyal to these people they're supposed to be like burning because you know he's actually he's actually a police officer and mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. and but they're all it's 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 cool it's a really cool game now there are a few issues with some of the pacing or some some problems with the plot how they develop some things like they sometimes they'll like they'll drop a character's name like he knows the guy but like then you'll do like a side quest where he's like meeting the person that he supposedly knows and i'm like okay that was weird but but overall, like it's a great game. It's a lot of fun. Um, I actually love a lot of like I, I love martial arts films, and so there's a lot of that in this as well. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I love it. So, and, and they make really cool references thing too, even to the point where like there's a character you can go to where you can buy like quote unquote like outfits, like legendary outfits for your character for your, your the guy you play. Like basically that's reskins, but but when you see these legendary outfits, they're all references 
to action films, like to martial arts films. Like there's like a black mask reference. There's a drunken master reference. Literally there's an outfit oh. called drunken master. <laughs> um, oh, there's a one outfit where it's like the yellow suit that Bruce Lee wears. Like there's one outfit you can wear like that. There's one outfit where oh, like the jumpsuit, the jumpsuit. Yeah, dude. There's one outfit where it's like one of actually, I think one or two. There's at least one, if not more than one, like outfit that Jet Li would wear in some of his movies. Uh, when he played Wong Fei Hong, like it was like, it's, it, it's, it's a really cool movie with, with these kind of references. It's, it's really great. Um, I mean, I would highly recommend it. So yeah, Sleeping Dog, that's what's, it's got me hooked. Um, should be done with it by the next time. So, uh, we'll see. But so, yeah, I hate, I hate to, I hate to bring it up, but what happened to the Yakuza games? Those games are so deep. I don't know if Goody's ever going to finish those games. Well, I purchased you have to the set it aside. You had to set it aside for a little bit, or I did because here's my problem: is I don't want to get because those games, like this game, Sleeping Dog, is not as as in depth or as long as Yakuza, um, and so like, and and so I don't want to burn myself out. That's to be honest, I don't want to burn That's myself fair. out on the Yakuza. That's fair. I don't. Goody has the Yakuza games, and then he also has. I also bought him. For Christmas, I bought him the Shenmue trilogy, so he's got. The oh, movies. dude! Not only that, and I also have Persona Five, so that's also. Yeah. <laughs> you've you've easily talked about in the last thirty seconds a thousand hours worth of content to play through. Exactly. <laughs> die before you finish with these yeah, games. Oh, no, totally. And I was looking at my. I was actually looking at my backlog. I'm like, wait a second, Witcher Three. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I have that kind of hanging out in the background, kind of looking at me, staring oh, at me. It, yeah, someday, someday. Just I think when I, I think when I retire, PS Five is backwards compatible. <laughs> if not, then I'm gonna have my PS Four for a long time because yeah, I think so wow. Too. I mean, you're also <laughs> depending on us using the same electrical outlets by then, dude. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> maybe. Maybe there'll be an adapter you know, for it. It doesn't matter. I'll just buy the games again like I always do. I think I've purchased I have purchased oh, the Baldur's Gate <laughs> PC games. I think I was I was doing a count. I think I've bought Baldur's Gate PC games like five times. And the latest version I got was for the Switch. <laughs> so there we go. Yes. No, it's just like it's one of those things dude, like I mean, nowadays like everything's because of everything going on with uh with like sports and everything like that, and Goody knows I'm a big sports game guy. I always like to buy a new sports game. And with everything happening now with some of the sports games, because with all the stuff that now that the I don't know if you know I, I know you're not into sports that much, Derek, but the aspect of, you know, the name likeness in college because they're 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 about to you know they're going to be approving and having players in in the in the money sports as they say be uh, NCAA players have um oh they finally right, gonna let them make the money yeah they're gonna have rights to likeness how that's gonna work out I don't know but they're gonna have rights to their likeness. They just came out. They just announced. Goody, this is huge. I mean, for me, it's huge. For you, I don't know so much, but for me, it's huge. They just announced the other day that in the new Madden 21 that's coming out uh, in the next couple months, they're going to have a college football scene section where you can play one of you can play your player, your career player that you create in the career mode. You can play for one of ten college teams for two seasons. Oh, that's really and like actual real college teams apparently. Yes. Like- University of Miami is one of the ten teams you can play. Oh wow, huh. that's really crazy. So if you think about it, that's going to be 
they're going to be doing that to test out the waters. Maybe to I bring think, back the NCAA series. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think NCAA is probably going to come back by 2022 because at that point they'll have the likeness issues taken care of, you know, and you will you'll have players getting paid for their likenesses at that point. Well, Whether, the, whatever that amount is is something, but I mean, the only thing that's going to be, I think, is going to be the 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 wall or the the obstacle to that is the fact that there is a single players union for everyone for the NFL. So you make a deal with those guys, you're locked in for everybody. That doesn't exist on the college level. And there is definitely a lot more college football players out there than there are NFL players. So I think that's going to be the obstacle there is that the fact that you have to make separate deals with separate universities. Yeah. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have, you're going to, I think what they're going to do is they're going to do it by conferences. They'll probably do something with the conferences. Oh, a conference wide like deal. All right. And that actually will yeah. kind of solve that. Okay, that'll simplify things. All right, you're right. Where each player gets a set amount because in a lot of conferences, the the teams doesn't matter who does better than the other teams. Like for case in point, like the ACC, which University of Miami is a part of, doesn't matter if Clemson makes more than the worst team in the league, like Georgia Tech or something like that. At the end of the year, when everything comes out after the check, even if Clemson won the national championship and got all this money from the national championship, it all gets put into a pot and it gets split up equally amongst every team in the in the conference. I wonder if they're actually going to make the the players play pay tuition now, since that money's coming out of the pockets. You know, of, well, no, that's, you they're know. probably going to get like a stipend, like an annual stipend. Probably more than likely mm. just for extra money because they don't get anything other than the they don't get anything else, dude. So it's gonna allow them to at least make some money on their likeness. Because dude, it was funny because in the old NCAA games, they would have some players on there and they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's just like that looks a little bit too much like Ken Dorsey. Or, you know, that looks well, a little and these bit- these college students were basically being taken advantage of, right? Oh, 100%. And so 100%. the idea that they can make some money. I like it. I don't know if this is too much or too little, but either way, but, it seems like it's a step in the right direction. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. And I think, and I mean, but yeah, but I mean, not to go too crazy, but it was just, it's just, you know, with everything happening with the video games and everything like that, I mean, it's, 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 this is going to be a crazy. I mean, it's getting crazier and crazier. And, and I think of like when Goody used to buy me, he would buy me the new NCAA for my birthday and I was fucking going crazy for it. And I look now online to find out the last NCAA, which was 2014, how much that's going for online. Like if you want to buy a copy, it's like 150 bucks. There we go. It's crazy. And I traded that shit. Back in. And what... I traded that shit in for another game, probably. I feel like I had the NBA from like ninety five or ninety seven or something, and that was the last sports video game that I played. You must have been six or seven years old. weren't you born in eighty nine? What? Uh, <laughs> it's a guitar. Oh yeah. Well, and to be honest, I didn't even really play it. I would usually just put on two teams, computer against computer, and then watch oh, it. Jesus Christ, Derek. <laughs> wow. You would, yep. you would watch The Sim? You seriously? I would watch seriously? the two play each other, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think about what year it was. It might have been after 95. It was like 97 or something. I was talking about Goody's brain popping. You literally, my brain just melted. It just, oh, okay. my God. What is your pick, Tomas? <laughs> my pick, my pick actually is a motion picture. Okay. 
Okay. Oh, wow. How oh, Mr. Pretentious. <laughs> so, to, you're such an auteur. Okay, so, all right. So, the other day, I was flipping through, and I was thinking to myself, because I had already seen Lawrence of, I had seen, I had seen Lawrence of Arabia to be my top shelf this week, but I'm going to keep that aside for another day. Because about three days ago, I was on Flipboard. Thank you, Goody, for in showing my eyes once again to Flipboard, um, like about a year or so ago. You're so welcome. I was <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So I was going through Flipboard, and they had an article of movies that are trending, you know, and it's trending on like social media. One of the movies that was trending on social media was the Stephen King sequel to The Shining, Doctor Sleep. So I was like, "Huh?" I was like, "How?" I thought it was. It looked cool, but I know it didn't do well. So I was wondering, "Oh, is it really that great?" So I read. I was reading the, the article because, and this is one of those things that I'm like, it brings me to the aspect of the the, the Snyder cut. Okay, so on HBO Max, on HBO. You can watch Dr. Sleep, but on HBO Max, you can watch the director's cut of Dr. Sleep. Okay? So, the movie came out last November. Didn't do well in the theaters. Unfortunately, it didn't do well, but it was one of those movies that didn't do well in the theaters, but it was critically praised as a, as a good horror flick. As one of the, probably one of the best Stephen King adaptations. You know, a lot of people think it's probably like top five adaptations of Stephen King, which is high praise. Right. You know what I mean? So, so then the director, by because, because of whatever reason, Warner Brothers gave him free reign to make a director's cut. Now, the movie itself already, the theatrical version was already as a horror flick, which is an outstanding, was already two and a half hours long. So are we talking about like another Irishman here or what? I don't know. The director cut the director's cut is three hours and one minute long. Okay, so they didn't cut anything. They didn't cut anything. They added another thirty minutes to the motion picture. Well, that's like an exhausting three hours. If it's a horror film, like I, you well, leave there, you burn twelve hundred calories from sitting in that theater in just the constant no, they, state. They never released it. The director's cut is only on HBO Max as an extra. So you choose Doctor Sleep, and you click on the extra, or you t- you know you tap the extra portion, and the actual extra is the three hour motion picture. So you can watch that instead of the theatrical version, which is also there. The thing is, is that it's not like like your typical horror film. It is horror because it has horror elements, but it's not a horror flick, in my opinion. I honestly think it's good to watch. It's not like I'm not talking like chap like it. Chapter two kind of hard. No, no, no. There are aspects of it that are, you know, scary, but it's not like the whole movie is like just scary, jump scares all over the place. There's a lot of environment. There's a lot of world building because they don't shy away, which is what I liked about it. It doesn't shy away from the Stanley Kubrick shining. In fact, there's a lot of scenes that are homages. I mean, they have the, the, they actually have scenes from the overlook. They have some of the ghosts. From the Overlook, you know, and so they 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 do a lot of stuff, but it does it's not like frightening. It's just you know you're there. There's there is some suspenseful moments, but the real story is about Danny Torrance, more in depth about his power, The Shining, because that's what it is. The power is The Shining, 
And so there's all this stuff happening, and 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 and, and you fi- you find out that which is okay. Spoiler alert! If anybody wants to see the movie, the thing with the the Overlook Hotel is whoa like whoa, whoa 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 whoa. Actually, I do kind of want to see the movie, and I haven't seen okay. it yet, bro. All right, so. What I would say, he, he, he probably shouldn't spoil it for him, but I'm definitely not going to watch it. So <laughs> he won't watch it. I know you won't. But the characters that you have is Hugh McGregor as an adult Danny Torrance, uh, and and his life after what the, the the events of the Overlook, and then you also have uh, Rebecca Ferguson, which is God, she's so hot. I mean, she's amazing. She's such a beautiful. But she's amazing in this motion picture as this character called Rose the Hat. And, I mean, God, I want to talk about this movie so much and talk more in depth about this motion picture. But but her character is so sinister. I mean, she's so evil. And what she does in the motion picture, there's one scene in particular. It is just absolutely horrible. But it's what she does. That's what she lives for in this motion picture. And and it's just, dude, they just they they do so many scenes. They they it's 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 a I was astonished. I was like, I'm not gonna be able to finish watching this movie by the time we have our thing today. And just because it's today is, you know, when we're recording this, it's July second and there's no work tomorrow. Today was a slow day, so I was able to watch finish watch finish watching the movie. And I was so happy I did. And plus the good thing is that at the end of the motion picture, in the credits, there's a thank you letter from the director to Warner Brothers for letting him make the the motion picture. And it was great because I felt like I was watching like a Stephen King book because Stephen King in his books, he likes to cre- create sometimes some of his books have long chapters, you know. There, there. He has he has the regular chapters, but then he sometimes doesn't have a name, or a chapter number. He has like a name or a title for a chapter, but the chapters are like sections in a book. Chapter one is this section, and in that section, there's like different divisions, and then chapter two is another section of the book. So it was like the movie itself has like five chapters per se, and they're all different titles. So it was really good. Like I was very impressed with the motion picture. So, so another so yeah. terrifying pick. <laughs> it's not terrifying. You should honestly, dude. Honestly, honestly, honestly. honestly, honestly. No, not gonna happen. I don't Watch care what it, you dude. say. It's not happen. bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. I was like, this is a movie that I think Derek would actually enjoy. Don't trust everybody who's listening. Don't this movie him. had a great rating. It's done spectacularly from the fan base. Yes. My wife watched it. She loved it. She's also seen the uh, She loved it. Um, You should watch it. Go and enjoy it. I will not. (laughs) But that's my pick. My pick is Dr. Sleep. So Yeah, you can watch it on uh, all of the HBO apps, it looks like. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can watch it. If you have HBO, you can watch it. If you have HBO Max, you can watch it too. And it sounds like you recommend the director's cut. Yes, I recommend the director's cut because, I mean... It's another 30 minutes, but it's just crazy to watch that kind of movie in three hours, which is basically unheard of. Two and a half hours is unheard of, I think, in my opinion. But three hours, that's like amazing. It was, it was so epic too. I mean, there was so much. They didn't, it didn't, it didn't waste, it didn't feel like three hours, dude. It didn't waste any time. You know what I mean? You didn't feel like you were slogging through 
different parts of the motion picture. None of the scenes, in my opinion, none of the scenes were, you know, it was, was filler. They all fed into some aspect of the character and built the characters up. It was, it was worth it. And just seeing the aspect of what the shining can do, because I mean, Stanley Kubrick is more of a existential, you know, atmospheric kind of director. He wants to make sure you feel and you sense the, the dread and the terror and the shining. And, you know, we all know Stephen King hated that fucking motion picture. But the thing I liked about this movie also was because, you know, like I said, they didn't shy away from The Shining. They kind of built on it using Stephen King's lore and his character base and what they could do. So you like, I thought, in my opinion, I thought I understood The Shining more after watching this movie because because of what Danny could do. Hmm. Still not going to watch it. Not me. Not me. I mean, the movie was what, like in 1979 or something? 81, 82? So, you know, there's not much you could do. But in this movie, they could do a lot more with what they were seeing. And, dude, I I don't know what it is about Stephen King, but he he has this thing with, like, this is not a spoiler in any way, shape, or form, but he has this thing with you being able to put memories or things into, like, boxes in your mind. He's done that in a lot of stories. I need He's an example. Uh, Dreamcatcher. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. The file cabinet system for the character. I mean, it's it's he's done that in more than one story. So it's like it's like a thing for him. That's fair. That's fair. And of course, all these, you know, all these are connected to the Stephen King universe. So Yeah, I was going to mention that cuz he's got his whole like all of them are supposed to be linked together. Yeah, the, the the turtle universe, as they say. Oh gosh, but that's a whole that, other, that's a whole other thing. In addition to Stephen yeah. King, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Or the 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 Man in Black universe, or whatever. Yeah. So, but anyways, all right. Well, that's it, dude. Um, but other than that, guys. Um, what's next uh, week? What's uh, oh? So the next episode, uh, I am already calling that episode the Paquete Special. We will have a guest on the show. It's a friend of Goody and mine, um, and you're going to enjoy him. He's, he's, he's a lot like us, dude. Uh, his name is Elias. He will be joining us tomorrow, uh, next episode, discussing the what I consider possibly the Hong Kong shoot 'em up action magnum opus known as Hard Boiled, directed by the great director John Woo. Uh, it is going to be, it stars Chow Yun-Fat and a young Tony Lung, uh, who has been in other motion pictures and we'll discuss that. But he, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. It's, I mean, it's basically, if you, if you know John Woo, it's typical John Woo, the whole fucking movie. I mean, the first 15 minutes, 30 minutes of that movie, top notch John Woo, bro. I got to tell you. I mean, it does not. It does not disappoint. I am pumped to to get in this genre. I feel I mean, like I could live mind, in this though, genre. But just in your mind, just remember this movie came out in 1982, which so... makes it perfect. <laughs> exactly. Well, I just my... love. I just love because this guy created his own tropes. So when you watch his movie, <laughs> yes. watch this movie, and you watch. Anything else from him later on that includes Hard Target with Jean Claude Van Damme, that includes Face Off with uh, John Travolta and, and and Nick Cage, uh, Mission Impossible Two with Tom Cruise and Talkers. Uh, like, like 
What about wind toppers? Would it be, would it be <laughs> blasphemy if I gave this uh, hard, hard-boiled uh, something a rating over, I don't know, something higher than a 7.8? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I think I think you I think Goody would literally show up at your house like within thirty minutes. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Derek, my rating Derek, and hear knocks at my door. Derek, Derek, if you give that that kind of a rating, just understand that when you see this movie, I will be the man in black. There will be many many <laughs> slow mos and many doves will be flying from behind me as I approach your door. Oh yeah, yeah, and explosions. You got to be walking away from an explosion. And there's I'm gonna be dual wielding pistols because that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. you know. Just how no, you no, do. yeah, it's 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 insane. I mean, but yeah, but that 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 will be the motion picture. The next episode, if you if any, no one's ever seen it, if you can, you know, watch it. You really can't watch it now streaming. It's really tough. So if you can watch it, enjoy it. If not, I mean, just listen to us talk about it because go I down to your be, local blockbuster. You can pick it up. Yeah. There. <laughs> oh shit, that's where we go. To, go to your local uh, Hollywood Video or your West Coast Video it there. Is, it is Sale on Amazon for ten. I think I'm gonna roll up to Sound Warehouse and pick up one, uh, pick up a copy. It's oh, on gosh. sale on Amazon for ten bucks. Do you know that? It's crazy. Anyway, someone anyway, go out there the and and rent it or, or buy it or whatever. Yeah, for real. But anyways, that's the motion picture we're gonna be doing. So, Derek, where can you find us on social media, buddy? Well, let's see. You, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at DB underscore A-E-R-O, DB Arrow. Awesome. And you can find myself at um, at Twitter also at, at Jube79. That's, at, that's J-U-B is a boy, E-I-7-9. And you can find us, the Motor Boys. It's a thing for the end. It's a motor boys No, no, it's 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 good every time we do it. Whatever. But you can find us, the motor boys, on Instagram at movies on the rock twenty on the rocks twenty twenty. That is on Instagram. That is our Insta handle, as they say, as the as the kiddies say. So, um, yeah. Do you know anyone who says that? I don't know, but I've never heard that expression. I'm starting it right now because I stand with myself. Anyways, but uh, in any case, yeah, just find out, guys. And of course, as always, we ended with a saying, and this week, of course, is perfectly: never give up, never surrender. Each of that or by Graftar's hammer. <laughs> that savings. That's it. We're out, guys. Catch y'all next That's time. That's it, everybody. Bye. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. Peace.